This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. It is episode 563 of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. You're Kurt right. is here. Eric Common. Doug. Guys, we've been busy. It is trade show season, and uh, we're kind of all over <laughs> the place. This episode was actually... Oh, i got to say this. First things first for this episode... A lot of these episodes during our show season are recorded in advance. Right. So we had Brandon on, Iowa DNR Officer N. This was recorded before all the new proposed Iowa legislation for the tags and non-resident and land on all the stuff and rumors and all the crap that's flying around right now. We recorded this beforehand. Now, I did talk to Brandon today, and he said a lot of that stuff because, and don't quote me on a lot of the jargon, I'm an idiot. So hey, it's, I um, think it's safe to say we're all idiots. He he wouldn't be able to say much about it anyway, right? Oh, okay. Per like no. just kind of what he's held to legally. Look into it, and, you know, because he's a government employee and all that stuff. So there's not a lot we could have really pried out of him anyway, to our knowledge at this point. Now somebody else might have someone on that's an IOD and our officer, and then grill him on those questions, and that guy might be able to speak. I don't know. All I'm telling you is we don't talk about any of this new. Iowa proposed stuff that they're trying to get through. So that being said, I don't want to let anybody down thinking that's what this episode is. It's just awkward timing on our part. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, thanks for everyone that showed up to the Ohio show. We're yep. hoping to see you at yep. Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be there. Same spot as last year, right next to Whitetail Adrenaline, right next to Pull Back and Let Go, um, right next to Chase Nation. Um, Eric, you might have new merch. Might have new merch. We might. It would be a Wisconsin or the Illinois show, one of the two. I don't know yet, with the Wisconsin show being so close. So we'll Pushing see. Pushing it. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think of other announcements. We do. We are doing the uh, – still we're doing the um, – write us a review wherever you listen. Mention Doug's mustache at the end of your review, and we're going to pick someone for um, some new Swag Pack merch giveaways. It's that simple. Um, that simple. We'll see it. Pretty much we'll go to all our major listening apps like Apple, Spotify be the main two. Um, and wherever you listen, we'll search them all. We'll pick some of our favorites 
and pick a pick a couple winners from there. So thank you for that. Also, we're in the Sports Podcast Awards. We made the short list, yep. which is pretty cool because we're one of the few, if not the only, hunting podcast in that list. I'll put the link in the episode description where you can go there and vote. Send us a screenshot or go and uh, comment your screenshot in our group that you voted, and we're also going to do a giveaway for that as well. Yeah, also um, we have one opening that came available for, our bear, for Doug and I's bear camp in Wyoming. So if anyone's interested... Shoot us an email. Shoot us a message. I mean, it's it's coming down to the wire. So if you want to go, you've been wanting to go, hit us up. Yep. Come hang one, out with us. We had two open. Aaron Atkins booked one of the spots. Looking forward to that. Hanging out with well, you guys. Get to hang out with Aaron. Yep. Um, it's Memorial Day week. Um, it's five thousand dollars for the hunt. Yep. Um, you just need to make your deposit and have the rest of the hunt paid in full by the end of it. It's last second for a hunt for that amount of money. We get it, but it's open. So it's open. If you can swing it, we'd love to have you along. Um, we're gonna do a veteran shout out here in a minute after we get through some partners. Um, Doug, why haven't we done a veteran shout out in a while? People are complaining. Um, yeah, we've we're sorry, we've just been busy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I don't know, that's all I gotta say. It's just, we, we're not not always all together yeah. all the time for the intro. You doing intros by yourself and stuff, we're just yeah, I chosen. I don't like doing them alone. Life, um, so let's <laughs> get through the intros. Okay. Let's do it. And then, then you can do your veteran shout-out. I'll try my... I'm going to do really good on this one, I think. You're going to kill it. I, I have a really good feeling. <laughs> it's the worst one he's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> he completely forgets how to read. Um, I feel like we're forgetting an announcement. I think we're good. All right. Podcast is presented by Elite Archery. See my Omni all set up out there? I did. Looks sexy. And my era just came in, so I got to yeah. just get... I got to get accessories to outfit that one. Yeah, me too. So. My Omni is getting set up right meow. What? It is. Mr. Mr. Josh McDaniels shipped it, over, it shipped it over to him, and he's going to set it up for me. We swung through Hunter's Haven and Champaign. Cole Thompson the man. set our rigs up. We dropped him off before Ohio, picked him up Monday after Ohio, and he had them all. How awesome is that? It's great, man. And that he's got an awesome bow shop there in Champaign, Illinois. It's really that cool. area. Um, and check out Shooter's Archery. And yep. uh, I can never say the name of that town. Linden. Linden. Yep. I always added Linden, 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 Indiana. But uh, check out Elite Archery, the Omnia, or the Era. Um, I'm excited. I'm doing 70 pounds this year. I normally shoot 65. Mm. <clears throat> Get rid of the beans, huh? We're going a little speedier Speed. for, for a dude with a shoulder injury. I'm sticking uh, to 65. I want mine to just sling a little harder. Yeah, you just want to be a little faster. Five pounds harder, yeah. you know? <laughs> but that Omnia is going to be tearing it up, I think. That's going to mm. be a... Be a fast old bitch. Oh, yeah, that's right. I want black on black. Oh, black ready. That does look good, actually. The black on black. I do like the black color. Blue balls is that you're going with? Blue balls, baby. The pinch and roll, baby. The pinch and roll. (laughs) If you know, you know. If you had a frustrated season, you got blue balls. Are you gonna put a little truck nuts thing on your Uh, riser? I think I am right in the riser cage. If they, if they make them all rubber, you'd be good because that way you don't have any like vibrations. vibrations. I'm just going to 3D print it. It used to be your dampeners. No, you need to find a little rubber one. Otherwise, it's going to rattle. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it could be, dude. Find me some bow dampeners. Got to find me some little rubber nuts. <laughs> Hit up Doug. His phone number is 563. <laughs> nope. Okay. Uh, podcast also brought to you by Big Time. Are you thinking about your food plots for the springs? You should be. I'm already thinking. Borderlines is where you need to be thinking. Is that what you need to be thinking about? I'm thinking about it because I need to think of how I'm going to plan it. Plans it or plants it? Yes. <laughs> Both plants it and plans it. Oh, okay. Because I want to plans it how I want to plan it. That's a lot of thinking. 
So, big time, use code WCB2023, get yourself a bag of Borderline, get whatever you're going to plant in the spring or fall while you're at it, don't forget, think about your soil test kits, and that code works for everything on Big Time, and that code helps us out, so uh, go on there, bigtime.com, code WCB2023, or visit them at the Wisconsin show this weekend. Mm. They're going to be there. Huntworth, Huntworth Gear, code WCB15, save yourself some coin. Huntworth is killing it. I got the heads up on some new products last weekend coming from Huntworth. We can't talk. And I'll about tell you, it's exciting. Fuck, I haven't heard about it. Yet. You weren't secret. there. You didn't get to be a part, and we forgot to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. But Doug didn't go along with my scheme. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> it's for us to know and for you to find out. I, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Jeez, I guess it'll be a surprise for me. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna love it, uh, Huntworth. Man, I'm telling you, that company is so great to work with. Not only do they. I think they have some of the best camo patterns in the game. I think they have some of the best clothing in the game, especially for the price. Mm-hmm. Uh, you won't be disappointed. Um, if you want to get into the Huntworth line, I always say start light, start easy. Start with some early season lightweight stuff. Yep. Start with the hoodie. Start with some lightweight pants and your pattern of your choice. Get out there, tricky uh, season with it. Yeah, try it out, and then be thinking about it this summer for your fall hunts. You'll, um, you'll save a lot of money buying Huntworth gear over some of the competitors um, and for great quality stuff. Uh, the podcast is also brought to you by Loophole Optics. Ooh. Wow. Range finders. Nice binos. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Don't be telling me about a deer you thought you saw. All right. Yeah. Don't have FOMO when you're out there hunting. Yeah. See a long way. <laughs> Loophole. Open your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> for, hurry up. Write, write a new slogan for Loophole. Like, if they were going to, like, hey, Doug, write us a slogan. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm Doug. Hey, this is Doug from Working Class Boat Hunter. See better, see further. See more. I had see it. more. I had it. See more. Yeah. Loophole. See more butts. See more butts. <laughs> <laughs> Loophole. I mean, if you want to look at butts or buy another one, you definitely could. We don't condone it, but. I mean. Peeping Tom, are you looking through some bush nails? Yeah. What the you know, fuck? You know, I'm just kidding. You know, Peeping Tom's got a good set of binoculars. You got to get those HD binos, man. Dude, you're, you're trying to see I boobs. I, saw, with, I, thought, I thought I saw a butt. You're trying to see boobs with Walmart bush nails. You got to get some BX5s. What are you doing? I, I immediately revert to I immediately revert to the Blink 82 song. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Sorry, Leopold. That was a. We, Actually, we, you know what? You're welcome. That yeah, was a great plug. That was a good plug. We're trying to include everybody. You're missing a market. <laughs> Keeping market Tom's they're missing. Big, gotcha. big market you're, you're missing. You're on a beach. You, you want some loop bolts. And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> nude beach. <laughs> Dude. No FOMO there. You're yeah. in. No, you're in. <laughs> the podcast also brought to you by Trophy Line. You're a peeping Tom that happens to climb a tree. <laughs> put you up there on the branches. What a savage. Yeah. Swing around in that Be thing. Be smart and safe. Get a, get a fanatics. <laughs> Use code WCB2310. Save yourself some money before you catch a case, because yeah. once you get caught, the fines are pricey. They are. <laughs> that sound's not coming home with you. <laughs> that sound's not coming home with you. It's, it's evidence. It's evidence. <laughs> God, we're dumb. The most savage intro dumb. we've ever done. You can't be in there peeping Tom in real life. Get yourself a spy point camera and put it up in that tree. <laughs> you see. This is for a DNR officer's what? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. The Dude, law. Come on, man. No one wants to listen to regular commercials every time. That's true. That's true. You know, let us have our fun. <laughs> we're going to theme our ads for everyone. Give us this one. <laughs> Give us this one. Let us have it. Oh, we are Tom dumb. Uh, camo Fire. Doug, what do we say about Camo Fire? 
Let me hop on there right now. I'm going to tell the people what's on Camelfire. Yeah, delete your browser history. That's the only ad you've legitimately done a good job at. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'll take this <laughs> the only thing that Doug's ever done. You're like, hey, Doug, you use Elite Bows. Tell us about it. They're good. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hand. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a compliment. Um, right now... Oh, there's uh, what I don't even know what these things are on Camo Bro, right now. Turn the TV on. I can't oh. see the deals. Shit, my bad. I'm leaving you guys out. Uh, they got jet boils. They have water bladders. That's what those are. Sleeping bags. Oh, they actually have like freeze dried meals, first aid kits, headlamps. Um, wow, this is actually a good one. A lot of camping stuff. Um, backcountry medical setups. Oh, I'm trying to get you guys here on the monitor. A lot of good stuff. Hydro flasks, all sorts of Ooh, stuff in here. Deals. On cam- this is actually, I haven't seen this one on Camo Fire yet. A lot of backcountry essentials in this: fire starters, emergency kits, shovels. There's a cot, a table. Yeah, that's like a backcountry cot. Good job, Eric. Thermarest ultralight regular cot, forty percent off. <laughs> uh, backcountry pillows, heated pads, fire starters, oh, backcountry pans, cooking stuff, all discounted right now. Damn, I'm. I hate when I get on here and when we're recording because I'm like, oh, man, I do need a new one of them. Um, but check it out, camelfire.com. Uh, we're rocking everything 44% off. Get it. All the way. The hell, there's a CVA muzzleloader up there. Is that a checker table? It is, actually. It's a camp table. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> no, I bet you I'd whoop your ass and checkers. Uh, no, you would not. Yeah, I would. Get with it. Camelfire.com. Let's buy it. Uh, the podcast also... <laughs> Brought to you by Dialed Archery. Dialed Archery, we have a code working class for free shipping. The new Arxos, I think, is uh, for sure the best-looking site in the game. But did you guys hear that podcast we did with Scott and Dialed? Did you uh, like it? If I gotta, you haven't, go listen to it. i got to get a Dialed for my era so I can start shooting. I'm going to be shooting two bows at once. but uh, Dublin Dan. <clears throat> they have options for three-pin, which is badass. But check out Dialed, made in USA, dialedarchery.com, code working class, save yourself some coin. And Victory Archery. Mm. I'm shooting rip TKOs as of right now. I still have. I always say I'm going to change when Nate's on, and I never do because I just I like what I like. I saw Eric made the page. I did. They posted my uh, your Impala. My Impala. They yeah. They don't uh, post me at all. Man. They don't post that giraffe yet. They will. They'll get there. It's not giraffe season. <laughs> it's not giraffe season yet. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to shoot rip TKO again, but I'm shooting 125 grain heads this year. I switched to that for elk, but I'm shooting that the entire year. Hell yeah! So. What are you guys going with for arrows? Do we I don't have TKO? Know. I might I might shoot the new ones this year. <laughs> a little spicy. Should I, I shoot the new ones? I just like what I like, and I have so many rip TKOs already that I don't want to yeah. switch. And I guess if I'm going to be shooting two bows this season, I want the same arrow. Yeah. You know? You don't even, I know what you you're don't, saying. You don't even mixing it up and actually grab the wrong one. Yeah, I would never let that happen because I'm smart, but... Anyway, because <laughs> I'm smart. VictoryArchery.com. No, no, hey guys, also sorry. Last week's episode, I accidentally fucked up, and when I when I was editing the Chase Nation podcast, I accidentally ran about forty five seconds of a mid roll over the podcast, and I was in Ohio and couldn't change it, so I just left it. Yeah, we're you ding dong. My bad. Oops. Oops. Hey, mistakes happen. Shit Doug, happens. you got a veteran shout out? I do. Let me pull it up. Okay. This one is submitted by Caleb Hetty. The veteran is Mike Jones. Says uh, he's in the Army. Mike is my father-in-law. When I met him, he did not hunt at all. That kind of rhymed. 
Hmm. Uh, the first time we ever talked, I tried getting him into into it, and he didn't seem very interested. He's a one percent. The man, the man gives no fucks, just like you guys. He didn't. Think He's a one percenter. I think so. It says right here. He didn't think it would excite him like I told him it would. I finally got him to buy a bow, and he said, "Don't let me disappoint you. Nothing excites me." He had no idea what he was getting himself into. When he killed his first deer, we were in the same tree. I kind of told him what I thought the deer would do, and bam, right after daylight, a nice buck comes by, and just as he gets past us before he could, he stood up. Wasn't no time and a doe starting coming our way. She was walking down, walking by, and I told him to draw, and he couldn't get it back the first time she tried. Finally got it back and smoked her at 20. He's been hooked ever since. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. Hell yeah. So thank you for your service, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Glad you joined the bow hunting community. That's yeah. right. Glad to have you. Did you read that right? He, he says he's a one percenter. Yeah. He's like, we talking one percenter, like biker gang one percenter? It just says he's a one percent. Not sure. Hmm. Might, that might mean something that I don't know in like veteran terms. Hmm. Or he's just a badass one percenter. He could be a <laughs> badass be. one percenter. Way, Mike, know. we want to be your friend. <laughs> My guy. Hey, we need more info. Thanks yeah, for, we need more info. Thanks for submitting that, Caleb. Follow up with us. Are we completely out of line by saying that? I no, don't know. I, that's, I, thought, I thought the same thing when you said one percenter. No disrespect. That's awesome. Thanks for your service, yeah. man. Yeah, thanks and that's for your cool. Service. Glad to have you. It would be hard to get excited like for what some of these guys experience. Imagine coming home and being like, like I think that's how like the Hell's Angels got going, actually. It was like veterans, wasn't it? I think so. Like war veterans that came on needed some excitement. But you you would almost be like, I don't know. Everything would seem like a, like a layer of bland to it. Mm-hmm. If, like if you were like went over there and were in some crazy stuff, you know. Like sitting in an office just like, what? Yeah. Like, how can you? It's like from one spectrum to the other. I can't even imagine what that'd be like. Either. I can see why guys go, th- go through it, you know. But um, anyway, good job, Doug. Thanks for, for reading the veteran shout this week. <laughs> Thank you. Let's get on the episode. Hope you guys enjoy this. We have some fun in this one. I joke around. You guys leave me dead in the water about three quarters of the way through this episode on a joke. It's what we do, Kurt. Leave me dead in the water. It's all good. Um, All right. Enjoy it. Thanks for being here. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody. It's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Bone Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the working class bow hunter. That's right. This is a podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. It's really, really not that good. It is the Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Nobody actually knows what number episode this is, and nobody's counting. Or are they? Kurt Geyer here. Eric Common. Doug Schmidt. Austin Chandler. In the studio. Ooh, Casper. Never really in here. That's true. You got a voice? Clint Casper. You're a quiet man. I got to turn it up. Ooh. And guest of the hour. We scheduled this podcast months ago. Mr. Brandon Burquist. I said last name right? You did. Burquist. Thanks for being here. Honored to be here. Tell people what you do, and then we're just going to have who some you fun. Are. What I do 
is uh, debatable. <laughs> oh, depends on which co-worker you ask. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a conservation officer with the Iowa DNR. I'm assigned, assigned to Boone and Story counties, kind of right in the central part of the state. I've been an officer since, uh, with the DNR since uh, 2004. Hmm. So knocking on the door 20 years. Long haul. And uh, nice. going to talk to you shit. guys tonight. Well, we appreciate you coming in. I think we've tried to get DNR officers on in the past, like, past several years, probably. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks, Doug. Um, Continue. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> and I, I, people are just kind of like, eh, I'm good. Partially because they think we're morons. I think that's, like, the main thing. So either you're just doing this for charity work, so you're just like, ah, these poor idiots. <laughs> Throwing us a bone. I, I fit right in. Okay. I like that you're like, so, you know, you know, bring yourself down a little bit so you've been in with us. We, we see what you're doing. We respect it. And thank you. Makes us feel good. <laughs> yeah. No, Thanks I, for making I, us feel good. I feel like I fit right in with you guys. You know, at the end of the day, I'm just another human being doing a job that I'm assigned to do. And yeah, yeah. And 100%. Technically, we're all in the same business of promoting the outdoors. For sure. 100%. Yeah. And there's a lot, I think, that is just ra- this. So I don't really have any direction for this podcast, but I think a lot of it's going to come randomly, naturally, and just conversation. Like, that's what we're doing. We're just talking. Um, could we have done a bunch of, like, ask a DNR officer all the tough questions? Yeah, maybe. But we did not do that. One, because I didn't want it to be a grill fest. And two, it's like, we're just going to have good conversation. Like, we're going to have some dumb questions. And I think a lot of the questions we have, dumb but fun. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Which yeah. is how Clint likes his women. That's right. And <laughs> <laughs> That's 100% true. <laughs> Hopefully they don't listen. Just a joke, ladies. Um, shout out to you, sweet. But I think it'll just be like, it'll be a lot of stuff you're just like, you know, I don't really know without having like the rag on me. Like, I had to, that's what I imagine it's going to be because it's going to be off the wall. And the only reason why I think I that's how it's going to go is because I took law enforcement classes, and all we did was grill our, prof- our professor about it. He's like, you guys are idiots. Like, one, that's not even a thing that could actually happen. <laughs> <laughs> not physically possible. So he just played cops for, like, the rest of the semester, I think, just to avoid questions. So, uh, so thank you is what I'm getting to for being here and uh, giving us a chance. Let's roll with it. See where this goes. You're, you're also a land agent. Yes, I am. If you want to talk about that, feel free to plug that before oh, we get moving. Well, uh, yeah, I'm also a land agent with a, a brokerage uh, out of Clive, Iowa called People's Company. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been doing uh, some work with them for about a year. And uh, gosh, it's a lot of fun. You like it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's another service industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I work with a lot of great people there, meet a lot of great people, and uh, always something new every day. I bet. Yeah. Sure. Yep. So is the goal to take off as a land agent and not be a conservation officer anymore you know people ask me that all the time and right now i really enjoy doing both things Mm -hmm. and uh they kind of fit well together they do fit very well together go hand in hand really you know every day you're out on the landscape mingling with people talking to people and Mm -hmm. both of those professions do that type of thing yeah and uh uh if i didn't do one of the jobs i wouldn't be able to do the other Mm -hmm. so they, they do mingle very well together Plus, too, when you like put somebody away for doing something real dirty, you're like, they got to sell the farm to pay these fines. So I know this I'm is going to list it. Yeah. Daddy's got first dibs. <laughs> if I arrested you, I may as well list your farm, but it is what it is. I hope we never get to that point, but that uh, that would be kind of a conflict of interest. It wouldn't really <laughs> right. be well, an interest of you. Hey, well played on your part, but also 
I hear you. We know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's like, dang it. This is turning around on me already. We're six minutes into this. <laughs> Five minutes in. And the intro is four minutes. <laughs> That's just one example of dumb hypotheticals we're going to throw at you where you're just like, I don't really know how to. How do I answer that? Answer that. <laughs> okay. If I throw the uh, headphones down and walk out, you'll know you went too far. I know you're going oh, to get a drink. Shit. <laughs> you're, you're going to get your first drink of the night just to deal with us for the rest of the episode. Okay. <laughs> Noted. Um, okay, so IDNR is from your perspective is the outlook on conservation police from the hunting community in a positive light or a negative light from your experience? For the most part, we're in a positive light. Those, mm-hmm. those constituents that we work with on a day to day basis, you continually hear from those people that they appreciate seeing you. They're glad when you check their license. They want to have conversations with you. They seek you out if they know that you're around. Mm-hmm. Majority of the people really enjoy having interactions with us. I would say from my perspective, I don't know what the crowd here at the table thinks. I'd say it's more positive than it is negative. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, for sure. You know, is this recording? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if the light's not blinking. You sure? It wasn't, was it? Nope. It was when I hit the button. It says SD card full. You gotta be shit. Oh. Kurt, God. It was literally recording when I pressed the button. All right. Well, never mind. That's okay. Um, yeah, I think it's positive going yeah. back. Yeah. I, agree. I think so. I agree. Like in Ohio, it's most of my buddies and I. I mean, like, we're, yeah, we're, we talk and bullshit and honestly, like, drink beer with our officers. Like, you know, I mean, it's off duty, obviously. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't, hey. don't want to offer you one. Hey, we hear you. It's sad when you're missing that. Like, in our area, we haven't had a conservation officer in our area for the last two or three seasons. So yeah. when you have a in question, Illinois. yeah, when you have a question or you need to call somebody and they're five or six counties away, I mean, a lot of the times you don't get to talk to somebody or, you know, have them there in your area. So it's nice to have that. Well, man, I found a buck last year shed hunting that I need to get a salvage tag for. I'm like I didn't have, I had to like cal- call two, three counties over or whatever it was, just get a hold of someone. They're like, that's not my deal. What, what do I do? Yeah. Right. You know, so it's like, I don't know, that's just an Illinois thing. Is there gaps like that in Iowa? Are you guys pretty fair, fairly dispersed? It uh, it, it varies. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have, uh, you know, depending on retirements, when we have a retirement, it's something that isn't instantly replaced, for, you know. So uh, it takes some time, and, and usually when you have a retirement or somebody leaves or you get a vacancy in a particular territory, it's not an instantaneous fill that position. It might take a couple months, maybe even mm. a year or two. You know, we've had – it just kind of depends on how the chips fall in any particular time. We've had instances where counties have never had a vacancy. They've always had an officer assigned there for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And we've had territories that, uh, for whatever reason, officers just don't stay there very long or you might not fill them because of a priority. Mm-hmm. You know, you might need help somewhere else and, you know, you have a very limited amount of resources that you can put out there in the field. You know, you just can't yeah. – you just can't go to your your boss and say, "Hey, we need to hire five more people." You know, right? There, right. Yeah. There, there's a very uh, stringent process that goes through that whole mm-hmm. through that whole gamut of things, and it's not something that's easily done and replaced quickly. So it all depends. You know, I've had I've had situations where we've had vacancies that were north of me, uh, and we were we went from about the counties north of me all the way to the Minnesota border at one time, we were down like 14 officers at one oh, time. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And that's, so it's just a thing that happens. Illinois is just not like, just not piss poor. Well, they are piss poor with their money, but that's how I figured the it, deal was. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not that 
that <clears throat> your particular agency is doing that on purpose to punish a population or something <laughs> right yeah, nature, yeah. you know <laughs> Take it's this. just sometimes that's just how how it happens crumbles. so on yeah. average then i know you know um kind of counting out like the gaps of absence i guess for like retirements or whatever happened on average what's like the size of a territory for a dnr officer in iowa you know uh in our in our particular state most officers are assigned to two counties okay if you get into a more metropolitan area say like the Des Moines metro area or so forth, you're going to have two officers in that county. Hmm. Most counties are rural in the state of Iowa, and therefore mm-hmm. you're going to have two officers, uh, maybe two officers per county, but most of the time you're going to be dealing with one officer per two counties. I gotcha. So being that that's a pretty big territory from my perspective, maybe it's actually not, I don't know, but like what's your guys's like, what's your day to day most be common my- interaction? Like what are you doing? People want that was to know. That's going to be it, my first question. It, like, what's a day in the life of a it, DNR officer? It completely depends on the time and the calendar. Hunting season. And the weather. All right. Oh, Can oh. I throw a date at you? Sure. At a range? October 15th in Iowa. October 15th. It's actually a little bit slow. Really? October 15th. Um, just to back up a little bit for some perspective here, September is a very busy month, at least in my particular area that I'm assigned to. October. Why is, why is September busy? We got a lot of seasons that kick off in September. Uh, for example, uh, the first weekend of September, uh, we'll have teal season that will kick off. Mm. We'll have squirrel season. Mm. Uh, we'll have uh, ginseng season, which that's usually not on a lot of mm-hmm. people's radar. But that who does. the hell's going to find ginseng? I know Ross Bigger's brother does, but Ohio I don't know, is, anybody. Ohio's big on that. Ginseng is a big deal for yeah. energy. There's, no, well, it's for uh, month. Yeah. Ching, ching. Yeah, thousands, thousands of dollars. Thousands. <laughs> I, I think last year a dried pound of ginseng on the open market was about five hundred dollars a pound. What? What? Yeah, in Ohio it's like six fifty. Why? What? I, I mean, I see it. It's on energy drinks, but I don't know. Shit. Okay, I don't even know what it looks like to be honest with you. Anyway, that surprises me that. Yeah, ginseng's a huge deal. I don't know. I have no idea. Deal. And and uh, probably and, a lot of trespassing that goes with that season. Say, is There's that a lot with? of trespassing that goes on during that season because it's very hard to detect. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's, it's patches mm. too. Like, so it's like, yes, it's like, if you're going to go find, you know, um, sheds or something, you know what I mean? Like, like there's certain spots that just, morale. they're going to, yeah. Morale, like same thing. Yeah. You're going to, it's going to produce, man, that spot's always good every year. Ginseng's a, a similar, like in Ohio, it's a similar deal. You find it in one spot, damn near every year, you're going to find it. I have no know, idea what it even looked yes. like. I have no idea either. And uh, you know, not only is it it's a very probably one of the most high, highly regulated plants oh, yeah. in the in the uh, United States, yep. but uh, it's very slow growing, yep. and it uh, it's very hard to replace on the mm-hmm. landscape, and and it's very valuable. So mm-hmm. uh, there's no a kidding. Lot, there's a lot mm-hmm. of people who think they're going to get rich living off the land and harvesting ginseng, and and it, yep. it does demand a lot of time for officers prefer that for that particular time frame. Interesting. Never even that was never on my radar. Mm-hmm. Good little thing to know. So all those seasons are kicking in. I'm I'm so close minded. I hunt. I deer hunt. Right. You know. I'm like, oh yeah. I forget about all the other hunting seasons that you guys have to already go. You guys aren't just worried about deer. It's like I bet you one of the right? highest ones where we're at Sky County would be summer months because we got the river right there. Oh, 100 oh, percent. Yeah. Uh, we're right now is kind of a slower time for us, mm-hmm. uh, just because uh, you know if we don't have a lot of snow, we don't have a lot of snowmobiles out. Uh, if the ice conditions deteriorate quickly, all the ice fishermen yeah. uh, are off the ice, and uh, we'll start cranking up again here about the first of uh, April when ice goes off 
open yep. water fishing season starts. Turkey seasons are rolling. Move into right. turkey season. Exactly right. Then you yeah. go from turkey season. Then then the fishing is really ramped up there when you're getting into mid to late May. Yeah. And uh, and then when the weather gets warm, all the recreational boaters come out, and we're yep. we're spending time uh, on all of our major bodies of water doing navigation. I always forget about like that type of stuff. Like I just think because my world is just deer, you know, right. here in the Midwest. I just think deer hunter. I, that's and I forget that it's. It's the snowmobiles and, and the fishing. And, and we got Princeton Beach right there where we're at. So there's DNR all over yeah. out there during the summer. Yeah, I forget about that, like, extra stuff or how I look at it, extra stuff. from Because I just think deer hunting and DNR officers, like, you guys are just like the deer police. That's not true. It's like how dumb <laughs> that's of me what to we think, think because. Wee, wee, wee. How dumb of me to think that, though. Like, deer police. It's kind of, you just, I forget about all the other stuff you guys do because I, I don't do the, you know what I mean? I'm not fishing and running into you guys and right. stuff like that. So. Right. Um, so September's the busier time. So let's just talk deer season. I mean, how often are you having interactions during season with deer hunters? Daily. 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 Yep. And whether that's a face-to-face interaction, checking somebody come out of the field or responding to a tip call or taking... Turn and poachers call. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Those, uh, those are pretty frequent. And then it's always the gamut of questions. Uh, the phone never really stops ringing in the fall. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you saw me walk in here with my cell phone if it was... Middle of November, that thing would be probably ringing every other minute. I just, no kidding. There's a, just a lot of demand for questions, concerns. Was that normally like your? It's just questions or concerns or whatever. Like, hey, for the most part, yeah. But you know, once in a while, you'll have somebody calling that'll get really get your attention with some good information on a case that you're going to need to invest some time in. Mm. What's the most frequent question you get asked? Oh boy. There isn't one. I mean, it's all, it's all over the gamut. Oh, I bet. Yeah, so it's all over. Going back though, when you say like you're, you know, you might catch a deer hunter coming out of the field. When you check them, like, what's the things you're checking for? Uh, Is that you just driving around, you just happen to see someone coming out? Yeah. Okay. So let's say uh, you know it's uh, October twentieth. It's getting towards dusk. There's a truck parking on the side of the road, and I look out in the field. Here comes a guy holding a bow, dressed in camel. Pretty good indicator he's hunting. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. I got lost. Yeah, <laughs> wait for that ginseng. <laughs> you see Doug walking, he just chucks his bow. I wasn't hunting. Believe it or not, it's Looking amazing how those things court. become electrified. And people just chuck those things over their shoulders, and especially fishing poles. Like oh, I bet. I'm looking yeah. for my dog. Yeah. 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 So when you run into him, it's like, what are you checking for? What are you asking him? Like, what's a typical? You know, typically they, you know, they walk up. I'll identify myself as a conservation officer because sometimes they don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you could be standing there in full uniform and they might think you're a deputy or yeah, know, somebody. Yeah. So I always want to make sure they know who I am. And then uh, and then it's just it's just kind of a conversation I have with people. You know, mm-hmm. I typically ask them, how's the bow hunting going? What'd you see tonight? You know, get any shots off, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I'm checking licenses, of course, to make sure they're the properly licensed and, and they're where they're supposed to be. You know, do they have permission to be there in terms of trespassing issues? And uh, yeah. And just kind of BS with them about seasons going and uh, just just a general uh, overall kind of 3,000 3, foot above the surface compliance check is what you would call it. Yeah, yeah. That's got to be kind of enjoyable. It is. It yeah, is. Like, it is enjoyable. <clears throat> and, uh, and most of the people that you come in contact with those particular situations are really happy to see you. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because they know that, that their license dollar that they're spending is actually – Mm-hmm. They can actually see and conceptualize Great point. that it's being used. Yeah, yeah you're out 100%. there actually yep. paying attention. Yeah, that is. Do you, does uh, does interacting with people that always have, I don't want to call it a weapon, it's not a weapon, but 
like a like a firearm or a bow? Do you ever get nervous with that, or is it just? You know what I mean? Yes, but it uh, it's amazing how your sixth sense kind of comes into those things. Where ninety five percent of the people, you know, it's just a conversation like you and I are having. Mm-hmm. They could be standing there with a shotgun in their hand or an AR fifteen slung over their shoulder, you know. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, somebody just kind of trips your spidey senses, right? yeah. and you're just kind of a little more on guard. You're thinking about, okay, what's the tactics here? You know, do I need to maintain that safe distance? You know, yeah, play yeah. my body. You know, all those things that you're taught in terms of defensive tactics, in terms of protecting yourself, in terms of and that is sketchy because you know what's bottom line in a law enforcement career, no matter what you during do do during the day, mm-hmm. the number one goal is you go home. Every go day. home and try it. Yeah. And you just think about those things when your spidey senses are kind of going off yeah. when you're dealing with those particular people. Are they dangerous? You don't know. But when something's telling you, you know, when your body's telling you something's wrong, you want to listen to that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. You can't yeah. ignore it. You're not yep. taking chances. You're not out there to take chances. Yeah. But. But, but you want to listen to it, but you also want to be... You want to be reasonable with it. You don't want to, sure. you don't want this person to be like, whoa, what's this officer doing? Yeah. Right. 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 So you, you know, you kind of got to have it in the back of your mind, but also maintain that kind of conversational tone with that individual. Yeah. hundred percent. I have never, I've had one interaction with DNR when I was a kid. And it's a funny story. I've told on the podcast before. I will, we, I can tell it by the time the episode's over. You might get a kick out of it because it was an innocent mistake. Uh, it's actually pretty funny. I will tell it actually. But um, as an adult, I've never ran into a DNR officer coming out of the woods or going into the woods or anything. Have you? Yeah. You have? Yep. What about you, Clint? Yep. Austin? Uh, not hunting related, but I have a funny story to tell uh, when I was probably 17 or 18 in a boat. Okay. <laughs> Doug? Um, no. Maybe we'll save our, our, our stories for the end like just because we're going to go off on a bunch of tangents. But um, Heck, I even got one. I'm sure you got a lot of them. I'm sure you got a lot. Well, I do want to get into like stories from you if you can tell them vaguely. Like if you're allowed to do that, depends. But like good interaction, (laughs) interaction. Okay, we'll work through it. So it might Um, be open cases still. I'm trying. I want to cover before we get off the topic of like hunter interaction during season. Like, um, I want to make sure we kind of cover that. Like if if it's not just a general check, like what's the most common thing that you're getting a call for? like to go to be somewhere physically or something like that. I just, I'm trying to get like what the most common interactions are with you during for deer related stuff besides just like your normal. Well, check, and then like my in. question is too, like, are you on patrol all the time or do you have like assignments like go like not check this pond for license and everything? Like, is there other typically things we, you have uh, to do? We don't have specific assignments unless there's a, 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 a project that we might be working on, for example. Um, for the most part, day-to-day operations is I'm choosing the hours that I'm working and I'm choosing the days that I'm working, which to be effective, you have to be able to do that. Right. Um, simply because, you know, you can't dictate the weather and you can't dictate when people do things. And sometimes, uh, you know, I might be at home and I get a phone call and I got to drop everything and go. Right. So, uh, that being said, our, uh, our administration gives us a lot of latitude to do those things because if you're not afforded that latitude, you're going to lose your effectiveness and the people that you're working for in those particular counties are going to get frustrated mm-hmm. if they're not getting, if they're not getting the service that they think that uh, you can provide. Right. Well, oh. since you are the DNR for only two counties, you got to 
answer the phone at any time, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, typically, our our uh, uh, our structure doesn't uh, necessarily require us to answer the phone on our days off. They, okay. they understand that our days off are our days off. If we choose yeah. to do that, uh, we sure can. Um, if it's an emergency situation that we have to respond to, we're expected to re- to respond to that. Of but, course, yeah. But in a situation where you know, Eric, if you would call me and I'm on a day off, and you just have a general question and leave me a message, the expectation is I don't have to drop everything and call you back. Right. It's when I start work hours, sure. you know, the next day or whenever that is. Very fair. Make sure Very you fair. get in contact with yeah. you. Um, I do want to talk about tip turn in poachers. Yeah. You say you get a lot of calls for that. So is that something that, cause I have, we've had tip stickers and magnets from seeing you guys like the Iowa deer classic, yep. Yep. um, which I think is great. Um, I think that's like the biggest sin for deer hunting and what we do, especially as being industry people, you know, it's sure. like you want to do things as much of by the book that you can. And then, you know, I think poaching is most times it's a thought out decision to poach, you know what I mean? Especially what it is, but how, like, how many calls are you getting for that? Or is it online reports or phone calls or like, how are you getting? It's a combination of everything. I've had phone calls. I've had people put anonymous letters in my mailbox. Um, I've had people submit things online. Is, is tip typically anonymous? Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah. You don't have to give your name. Um, if you can just provide the most pertinent details and the most detail you can about a situation, it's just going to aid us, you know, and it's, it's a tool that's important because, you know, you, you, all of us sitting in this room, all of your listeners out there, wherever they may be, mm-hmm. conservation law enforcement isn't just up to a game warden. We're all in this together. Right. You know, right. When, I, when I started uh, this podcast with you guys, I said I was assigned, assigned to two counties, one guy in two counties, right? Well, think about how many police officers are here in this town. <laughs> one. One. <laughs> well, there's... I don't know. There might be three, but they're never all on the same time. Right. How, how yeah. many How many police officers are in Davenport, Iowa? Shit. You know, oh, yeah. A shit ton. Yeah, that, that's one <laughs> municipality, right? Yeah. A lot more eyes and ears out there in terms of the law enforcement nature. Yeah. Well, we could be pretty much what I would call combat ineffective if we didn't have a good relationship with the public and they provided mm-hmm. us a lot of that information. Some of the best cases I've ever made aren't cases that I've come up with on my own. It's because of... You know, people like Clint or or Austin or somebody decides to pick up the phone and provide us that information. And Mm -hmm. that's how you guys, you know, and all of your listeners are active participants in conservation law enforcement. Yeah. Yeah, That's a very good point. It is. That is a good way to think about it. You know, I I like seeing like the the tip, the turn and put. I feel like when people blatantly poach, I I feel like it's stealing from everybody else who's out there. One hundred percent it is. You know, so it's a bummer. Like. It's a bummer to see it, and it's even more of a bummer than like an industry person. I, I, you know, I don't know how to word that. It would not sound like a complete tool bag, but oh, you you worry. Right. You know what I mean? But and, and I feel like I'm curious to see what your perspective is on. It. There's certain things I think, like poaching, obviously no good. If you're honest about your mistake, I think you can own it and like save it as, as being an industry person instead of trying to like bury it and then it comes uncovered and then like your career is over. That sucks. But I feel like there's a lot of stuff that is like honest mistake type stuff that you can get a ticket for, or whatever it may be. That it's like, hey, you know, I think, you know, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus, but like, I think Lee Likoski had something with a tag that got, he accidentally grabbed, I don't know all the details, accidentally grabbed the wrong tag and then immediately was like, oh shit, and took care of it. 
Like <clears throat> that's like an honorable way to do it. Not a big deal. Handled it right away. Is a lot of that stuff like some of the more minuscule, smaller fines or regulation? I don't even know if that's the correct way to word it. Get broken is the best policy. Policy honesty. Like oh, if someone calls you right absolutely. away, they're like, "Hey, I fucked up." Yes. How do I do this? Yes, it is. It is. Um, simply because that kind of behavior is kind of lacking in our society anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, the honesty, it is. Yeah, it is. And uh, when you see people demonstrate it at the hardest time in their life to demonstrate it, really shows the character that they have. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy. It is. Just think about how hard it would be to to you to to be sitting in your house and thinking. Looking at your cell phone and thinking, uh, I need to call somebody about this. Yeah. You're losing sleep over it. Yep. You know, oh, you're just it, waiting for a phone call from, yeah, from or, you. Or you're just looking out the window. <laughs> you. Or you're looking out your front door thinking, is somebody going to come yeah. down my driveway and be knocking on the door? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's a bad and, feeling. And, and I find that people, when they do, if they do something and they come clean, they feel so much better about themselves. Yeah. Oh, 100%. It's yeah. so much weight lift off your shoulders, I it imagine. Is. They have said that many, many times. Yeah. I've experienced people say that and demonstrate that many, many times. And mm-hmm. and uh, I wish it was they all that way all the time. Yeah. But Because uh, let's be honest, everyone makes mistakes. Like, oh, it's yeah. It's going to happen. Well, you get – imagine – I mean, you kill a deer and it might be late or hot or you gotta, you're got you on a time crunch and I don't know. Just shit can happen. Like you're trying to get things handled and you're not thinking you're excited or you're nervous and you're not thinking clearly. You make mistakes pretty easily. I mean, it can easily happen to me. I always have three tags in my bino hunters. I could easily grab the wrong one, put it on there, call it in, and not even notice it. Easy to do that. Yeah, you could do it easily. You could do it easily. That's one of the hardest parts of my job is handling that appropriately Mm -hmm. versus the guy. And fairly. uh, Versus the guy that's knowingly and willingly violating the resource mm-hmm. right that makes yeah. it easy when you're dealing with that guy mm-hmm. you know but well, yeah it's, it's blatant yes like but when you're dealing with the guy I shot who, three bucks in a one buck state well clearly <laughs> fuck. well do yeah. you get a lot of people that like hey i made a mistake that's where you got to get weird with the guys that are honest there might be people that like made the mistake knowingly and they're like i'll just call them and act like yeah. i it was an honest yeah, mistake and right. then i'll be off easy right right yeah. well, that's the dude that ruins it for the guy who's like hey you know i messed up i accidentally used this wrong tag can I make this right? Yep. Well, see, I'd be the guy that couldn't sleep at night, so I'd be like, I gotta call him and say, like, hey, guess what? I fucked up. That's what I did. Yeah. Right. What do I do? Some of that stuff's so easy to mess up on, man. It. I mean, it could happen easily. Like I said, everyone. Everyone. Especially fucks when you up. hunt in other states. Sure. You know, like it could be yeah. simple stuff. Yep. Yeah. Simple little tiny stuff that you thought you had it all, and then you're like, oh, yep. I had it happen to me this year. You know, hunters come and hunt Illinois as a non-resident. They're not familiar with the tags. Accidentally put an antlerless tag on a buck, and luckily I caught it before they left, so I had to call the CO and talk to him about it. He said, here's the phone number you call, and they got it all straightened out, and the guy was able to just basically switch the tag numbers, and we were good to go. Oh, because he had a valid buck tag and a valid antlerless tag? Mm -hmm. Especially being out of state, you don't really know where to Yeah, you're not familiar with every state. I could have been excited and didn't like Uh, it. You look at, I mean, antlerless and antlerless only, or either sex, you know, you can confuse that. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's the print on Illinois tags is that freaking big. Right. You know, what I did this year, do you see my little tip video I did? I took, I can't believe I this, was disorganized, <laughs> and it got disorganized. What I did, you, you might be really happy with me, and I'm going to earn some brownie points right now, fellas. I did a video, and I showed how I have, like, my kill kit, 
and I took separate Ziploc baggies and I put my either sex tags in their own baggie. And with the big fat Sharpie, I wrote buck tag one, buck tag two, and then um, doe tag one, doe tag two. And then I had an archery turkey tag this year and I put turkey tag all in their own bags with their own zip tie. And then I had them all labeled big and then all tucked into like a little zipper pouch. So it's a fantastic idea. Yeah. And, and when you're in the heat of the moment and the adrenaline's pumping, you're not going to screw that up. You're I did read the bag a lot. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm like, buck, buck, it, be you. Yeah. It, it, in terms of tagging and things of that nature, the simplest advice I could give to people at the point of sale, when you're purchasing your license, before you leave the counter, look at it, make sure it's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh yeah. I've, I've had that yep. happen where I got the wrong tag. And then when you're standing over your animal and you're about to tag it, take a deep breath read the tag, make sure it's right. Yep. And if you would take those steps right there, that would alleviate a lot of issues mm-hmm. in those calls, those calls that say I screwed up. Yeah. Yep. Cause I mean, even being an Iowa resident my whole life, I still have to like, okay, where's it at again? Every time I put that, I wrap that tag around a deer. I'm like, okay, is this the right one? Where's it at? Oh, there it is. Yeah. You just don't okay, want to mess. The right tag. Well, I also right. hear a lot of stories of, you know, you got to report within 24 hours. But, you know, people get so excited, they don't mm-hmm. drag the buck out, get pictures, or, you know, go have a drink with their friends and they forget. Sure. I heard that's a big one, too. So Harvest reporting is a big issue. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the app. your guys' app is. Oh, that, since they came oh, out. The, using the app. I love that simple. app so much. The Iowa app. Dude, since they came that out is. That. Right, okay. So I, here's I want you, because I don't know what your guys' harvest reporting is like in Iowa. Can you break that? What's harvest reporting? How do you do it? So when you uh, when you harvest your animal, whether it be a deer or turkey, there's a harvest report requirement that is essentially it's the final step mm-hmm. that a hunter has to do, and uh, that harvest report has to be, uh, gosh, what is it, uh, midnight of the night that you recover the animal? I think 24 hours. I can't remember off the top of my head. Before the animal leaves the state, before it's taken to a processor like a locker, or before you take it to a taxidermist, whichever one of those occurs first is when you have to have the harvest report completed mm-hmm. or before it's processed for consumption. Yeah. Okay. And it's a pretty simple process on the tag. You have a nine digit, um, individual, uh, number. number that's assigned to your tag. You can utilize the harvest report system in multiple ways. You can call the 1-800 number that's listed on that tag. You can utilize the app. You can go to a a licensed vendor, or you could do it online when you get home, Mm -hmm. okay? And when you complete that harvest report, you you enter into the system. You name the county of which the animal is harvested in, uh, the sex, and uh, and then you're given a nine-digit confirmation number that you have to write in the tag. Uh, in a box on the actual uh, confirmation portion of your tag. Hmm. And then you've got a validated harvest or a harvest reported animal. Same thing as Illinois, pretty much. I don't, does Illinois have an app, Austin? If they do, I don't use it. I do the, I call the 1-800 number. Yeah. I've got it in my phone as Illinois DNR check-in. I got deer (laughs) check-in and it's my favorite number to call. Yeah. And it's in your favorites. That's when you know you're a deer hunter. You guys (laughs) ask a lot of questions though. Well, I, I wonder if I can, I think I can call it. It's kind of cool. It's to me. It's like you guys have to have an app. It's fun. I'm, I'm sure we do, but there's something about sitting over your buck, or your doe, or whatever, and it's like, "Welcome to the Illinois Deer Turkey and Harvest Hotline. <laughs> Please state the county of your harvest <laughs> for a buck with antlers. Press one." I'm just like, "Yeah, I hit all these buttons. Listen, I, I listen to the call. I know the call's over, and I can hang up. 
but I wait till the end of the call. Your harvest is complete. You may now hang up. Goodbye. I just listen all the way through. I just, I, it's like a sweet, sweet. Well, there's, no, some, there's something satisfying about that when you oh, yeah, harvest 100%. your animal, you get the harvest report done, and you're just like, oh, yeah. But like awesome. growing, growing up, like I was the young buck in the crowd with all my dad's buddies. I was the guy that had, had to, to call, had to report them all because they didn't know how to work a freaking <laughs> cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> I was the guy gutting deer and calling them in too. Check-ins changed a lot since I started oh, hunting. Yeah. We had metal deer check-ins. For the you had actual time. physical check-in station, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you drove in town and yep. checked it in, and there was five other guys in there checking their yep. deer. In. Did Iowa ever have that? We've never had that. I'm saying, okay. I've never done that. No, I Adam. missed that. Ohio was a metal tag state, so you wrapped a metal tag around. Like when you went and checked oh, your cool. buck in. So I have a lot of my original metal buck tags, like a lot of my mounts that were back in because we changed it now but you look at them and they've got that metal tag wrapped around one of the bases and see like i just i just that's cool that's, did you yeah. get a pin do you guys get any kind of like harvest pin or anything see, like we that? Never did no, that no that's one thing i would we did for a long time i didn't keep track you can still get them now if you go yeah. to a good spot had i had the, pins for all my deer up until like yeah. i think that was an illinois special thing really. wasn't it the deer harvest pins it was like something unique to illinois well yeah, what, when you I would bring it when you would bring it to a check-in you would get the pin when you checked it in yeah i because i didn't know that was a thing till i yeah till i met you yeah i used See, to have we had this, this the drawer metal tag that was it mm-hmm. the drawer up here used to be full but here this is just an example i'm i don't know if the, i don't know if i call this if they're gonna like ping me or something but I'm with the DNR officer. <laughs> <laughs> I have an alibi. <laughs> Brandon's like, I don't know these guys. You didn't harvest a deer right now? <laughs> He's gonna... Thank you for calling the Illinois Department of Natural Resources Deer and Turkey Harvest Hotline to report a new harvest. I just Press love one that. To retrieve the confirmation number from a previously reported... So you can go through the process. I love that phone. I love calling that number. It's a success call. It's a yeah. success call, yeah. But, uh, I don't know, but the app is just... The app is so nice. Illinois DNR just ping my number. They're like, we're getting them. <laughs> what I like about the Iowa DNR app is like you can report your harvest. You can buy your license there. You can buy your tags there. You can oh, do yeah. a lot Man, of stuff. Man, I wish Illinois was like that. Dude, Illinois needs to home, take note. They show up in the mail. Which especially Dude. is nice now with only 200 doe tags in Scott County. So you just got on the app. Doug, you said show up in the mail, right? Yeah. Whatever you do, for all you Iowa listeners... Don't buy your tags online the day before the season opens. <laughs> oh, because yeah. you will not no, get I your tag I don't do that. by that morning. Yeah, that's a good tip. <laughs> it's going to take prepared. a couple days, a week for your tags to show up. Right? Yeah, oh, 100%. I think the longest was like four days. Really, that's a pretty good turnaround. That's real yeah. good turnaround. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty popular. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody in Des Moines looks at your license. You're like, "That's Doug. He's got a stash. Get that in the mail right away." People He's know me. To do. <laughs> He's got killing to do. We'll get this out you, right you away. You just handle it. I get a call from the chief. Says, "Drive that to Doug's house right away. <laughs> Three hours away. <laughs> hey, Doug's, Doug's gonna need this. The best thing I think Iowa DNR did too is the hard copy. License the light. Yep. Oh, I love it. The hard card. The card. Yeah. You got yours on you. Pull that. Dude, I don't have a hard it. card. Oh. Do they make that for Illinois? I have to. I right just there, got like baby. the little digital thing that I saved in my phone. I don't every, have the hard card. But every year, right? Yeah, every year I get a new one. Is this lifetime? No. Uh, three no. years. Oh, you bought three year. High class, Eric. dude. Illinois, step it up for real. Because we always had the paper ones, just like the tag, and that thing would wear uh, out your wallet in about yeah. three days. Ask <laughs> Doug what a pain in the ass it is to get on Illinois site, try to get a damn turkey tag. I got lost. So how much was this? For two years? You just paid I for two three. years? Oh, you, did, you, can, you can control yeah, it. it goes up to three, right? Yeah, one or three years. Yep. yep. 
dude. All right. And then you got to pay I, I, an extra. I, I, you got to pay an extra five dollars for the hard card. I all day. It's one thing oh, nice about Illinois. And you I can't get and a I collect them because they're different. Yeah. So what'll yeah. happen? I won't show the back. I'll just show the front. Okay. So what'll happen at the point of sale is you'll get your regular paper copy. Mm-hmm. You know that looks like your deer tag. Mm-hmm. And then you can elect to get the hard card, and then the, that will be processed, and you'll get that in the mail. Yep. A week or two down the road. Yep. Come on, maybe Absolutely. maybe a little more. And they also, they all they also offer two different styles. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a fishing one this year too. Ain't there a yeah. turkey one? Yeah. There's typically a hunting scene and a fishing scene that yep. you can get. That's cool, man. I want that. Illinois, come on. Five. I pay. I'll pay fifteen. Illinois needs the money. Just don't uh, spend I, I it on the hard card's been around just a couple years. Yeah. I think two or That's three years, maybe. Yep. Can yeah. you buy lifetime um, like hunting licenses in Iowa? Depends on your age. Uh, oh. You've got to be at least 65 years or older to oh. have time. You know, think about it now. I kind of want to do the one year so I can just collect them all. Yeah, true. Every yeah. year they change. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's a new card every There's year. There's a turkey uh, in the last one. See, we don't have yeah. that. Yep. That's uh, a full strut turkey. We yep. have the app. Dang. Dude, we can make like an art piece out of them. I saw yeah. a, it I almost saw looks a, like a Larry well, Zock. See, I, I think see I, it very well. I think I started mine with the turkey last year. I think that's a Larry Zock. Yep. He just looks out of date. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> Larry Zock's the man. That would raise a lot of money awesome. for a lot of states if they did that. Now, it costs Well, I think if money, you do but... the hard copy, that goes like you're helping out everything, right? With conservation. Yeah, yep. Uh, and also at the point of sale, uh, when you purchase your license, you should be asked if you want to date donate two dollars to the tip program yep oh yeah and yeah, what a great that. little donation to do it was that it uh i know, know my art tip of iowa's generated <laughs> hundred no not <laughs> hundreds of thousands but no side combos a, a, sick, a significant amount of money off of just those two dollar dip tip donation i yeah. bet yeah. yeah i love i love tip i don't know what illinois what theirs is or if we have i'm assuming we do have one but and they're, um, they're great to work with with us because say we need a piece of equipment that might be somewhat expensive and we don't have it budgeted or something like that. We can oftentimes approach TIP and say, hey, can you guys buy us this piece of equipment, whether it be mm-hmm. cameras or – So is TIP a government agency or is it like a separate no, it's a, thing? No, it's a private, in, a private entity. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Does uh, Do you guys ever get to do the like poaching stings where you have like the Mr. Robotic Deer out there and watch dudes just like launch rounds at it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how, how, have you done that oh, before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How fun is it? That would be great. It's awesome. Can I do it? It's a lot T- of fun. Tell me some stories about it, man. <laughs> Wait, before you so, tell any stories, can I do a ride along when you guys do that? Oh, I would oh, love, yeah. love that. Oh, I would do, that do like a live. Could we do like a live podcast? Should we, should we do a on? WCB? You guys crawl in the back of the truck and hang on for dear life until Please. we can figure out. <laughs> we can bring the, hey, we can bring sign, the portable I'll sign a stuff. waiver if we can do that. We, we would require a waiver. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm in. I would love that. If I could do a ride along with that, can I control the deer? Oh, can we? Just head spinning in circles. <laughs> the, uh, Mr. Robot. The, the, decoys, <laughs> the decoys were effective until cell phones. Oh. And then as soon as you get, you know, one person identifies in an area, of course the phone blows up and it's a DNR. Oh, they Snapchat it out or something. Yeah, yep, DNR's got so it. So do you still try to do them to this day? Oh, yeah. T- yep. Can you break it down? Like, what, what do you guys use? And then, like, how? what's a typical day on doing that? What's that like? You know, a typical day, we don't, we typically don't spend an entire day uh, doing a decoy project. We'll typically evening. Yeah. We typically do them in, in the evenings. Um, you know, when everybody's out cruising, looking for deer and whatever. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we've got a lot of specific rules. We got to take safety into account. You know, we can't have somebody shooting at it and stray bullets going down and hitting a house. Yeah. <laughs> school <laughs> zone behind the hill. A school yeah. zone. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, we, it, it takes some Walmart planning. parking lot. <laughs> yeah. It's not something that we do spontaneously. It's something that takes planning. You know, we've got to get yeah. authorization from our supervisors and kind of devise a plan and figure out a place where we can go. And, mm-hmm. and we typically try to uh, target areas that are having 
you know, people shooting from the road or from their vehicles, you know, or having particular problem areas. Uh, we don't go out and just willy nilly do it. Yeah. We don't go on willy nilly fishing expeditions where we're, you know, it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And if we're there, we want to try to curtail that problem as efficiently as possible. Yeah. So we're going to, so we're going to focus on areas that, uh, that uh, you're, you're having issues in. Right. Uh, sometimes we'll utilize them at night if we're getting areas that are getting a lot of headless deer, a lot of shining complaints and things of that nature. So, mm, Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and out of every sit you do with those, is are you, you, are you getting one guy? Is sometimes you just go and go and go and nobody's... Most of them aren't successful. Okay. Yep. Um, Good. Yeah, yep. Uh, most of them are... Uh, you'll get people to stop and look. Um, most people stop and look, whether they identify it as a decoy or not. You know, I'll never know because we typically don't contact those. Yeah, people. they're just looking, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they probably look at it and just say, "Oh, there's a there's a buck standing there," and they watch it for a while and drive off. Mm-hmm. Right. Every once in a while, the magic happens. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's that like when that happens? That's when the, it's an adrenaline rush. That's what that's like when you just shot a hundred and eighty inch deer. I bet. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's got to be one that comes to mind. Uh, I was working with a couple guys uh, in Marshall County. Uh, I want to say three, four years ago, and we said uh, it was. I want to say like one of the last days of the first shotgun season, and uh, we set that thing out. And I got settled. I was a spotter, so I was essentially uh, kind of set up in the woods, out of the line of fire, staying out of sight, and I was observing the road and documenting anything that occurred with vehicles that were there if something happened i'd get on the radio calling our chase cars they'd come in and stop people this truck stops and three guys bail out of it and in probably a minute they ripped off about 25 rounds <laughs> oh shit <laughs> they were taking that thing home with them <laughs> they were taking that i was screaming at the top of my lungs and you could they could not hear me because there was so much gunfire and as the uh, I was pretty excited. and uh, Was it dark? No, it wasn't dark. There was so much gun smoke uh, or burnt gunpowder floating in the air that when the chase cars got there, you could still see it, right? But I was jazzed up about this. You know, the adrenaline got flowing. That's insane. And when the gunfire stopped, I was still screaming. And the first thing that they – that the first words they heard out of my mouth was, Stop shooting, you dumb sons of bitches. Oh, my god! And the guy wanted to argue with me. He he yells back, we're not dumb. And I'm just like, that's debatable. <laughs> All right. Yep. I'm they probably, pretty, they probably I'm shit pretty their drawers smart. when that deer I'm, is still standing there. I'm not dumb. So what happens to guys like that? Well, uh, of course, you've got some violations to deal with. Couple. Yeah, a couple violations to deal with. <laughs> 25 so, shots. Uh, you know, they get citations, yeah, uh, multiple tickets on that particular situation. And, uh, and then it's just, uh, file the citations and wait for the prosecution side of things. So you're not taking them like right to jail usually unless no. something crazy happens. No, typically a lot of our wildlife violations in Iowa are simple misdemeanors and it's issue citations on the spot. Yeah. And, uh, they're released on a signature promising to either appear in court on a particular day or pay the tickets. Gotcha. Yeah. A lot of it's, I'm sure, like loss of hunting rights or whatever like that, like pops up with some of that stuff. It does. Um, you know, but, I'm sure after court dates and all that. Yeah, what happens in Iowa is we have a point system where you have to accumulate so many points in a period of time. And then if you hit that threshold, then you're going to lose your license for a one, two or three year period. Mm. Dang. Has anyone Man. ever tried arguing after they shot the decoy? Uh, 
most of the argument is it wasn't me or I wasn't shooting at that. You know, I was shooting yeah. at something else. <laughs> yep. So that what tree were you shooting? Still yeah. from the road. <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 of which at that point, I'm just like, sorry to bother you. I'll get my truck and drive off. Oh, you're, yeah. Yeah. you're right. You're right. My you're bad. Right. Hey, you missed it anyway. <laughs> 25 shots. Wow, man. I bet you that's this so thing's much It's a Terminator. Fun. I remember rumors of that happening in the county I grew up hunting in. I actually on... Uh, so the property I grew up hunting, like partially, it had a road that cut through the middle of the property and it was just like, it had this big hill that was, I mean, you'd see deer on it. And I think the DNR would talk to the main landowner and you'd hear, I never saw him down there, but you hear like, oh yeah, they're going to set up a robotic book during like firearm season in Illinois. And it was like, it was the perfect spot because it was a big steep hill with nothing behind it. Good so, backdrop there. Yeah. Yep. Great backdrop. And I've always, I was always like, man, I want to go watch. Like I'd sacrifice a day hunting. To go hang out and just oh, watch. Oh, hell that, yeah. Because you, know? you always heard about um, poaching happening. It was called Bottom Road. You always heard about poaching coming off Bottom Road. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's great because the deer that on the property that we're hunting are getting shot at. Yep. So it'd be great to you know, stop it, you know, stop all that <laughs> shit. So, And it's really exciting when it does happen because, you know, you're out there every day, but you rarely actually witness a violation, you know, right. firsthand in front of you. Yeah. And when it happens, it's... It, uh, you know, it's something you just don't see every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be so fun, dude. So fun, but it's also like disappointing. You're just like, come on, man. Right. But right. I think, I bet you that happens more than we think even now. Oh, 100%. Shooting from the road? Yeah, people killing deer from the road. and then... Oh, it's probably one of the most, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better term, popular or most frequent violations that we yeah. get called out uh, during the gun seasons. So something that Iowa has that Illinois doesn't have, you guys have party hunting. And I'm sure that gets abused quite a bit. Yeah. So, uh, well, let me ask you this. All you guys in the room, what do you think party hunting is? So my perception of party hunting not being an Iowa resident is that you can get a big group of people as long as there's valid tags in there. And you can harvest the deer and they can get tagged. As long as you keep, you have unfilled tags, you can have 20 guys with you. If you have two tags, you have 20 guys, but once you fill your two tags and everybody's done. Yeah. Someone can tag it. That's my perception. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially party hunting is allowing someone else that's an active participant in your hunting group to tag uh, a deer that somebody else has shot. That's how it was growing up in Iowa. It's not the size of the group that you're particularly in. It's not the numbers. It's not, hey, let's go get a 12 pack of beer and party. You know, it's it's the it's allowing someone else in that party to tag a deer that's been shot by someone else. Is there a limit of people you can have in a party hunting group no. with? No. So you can have one tag and a hundred dudes. No, you everybody would have to have a tag. Everybody has to have a tag. Yeah. So but you be, have to have a valid tag. Now it can be a doe tag. Yeah, I have to have a doe tag, and I can shoot Eric's a buck and use Eric's buck tag, right? Okay. okay, I okay that clears it up for me. I thought everyone's gonna have a tag. If I was with Doug and he has a buck tag and I don't have a tag, I can go. But if I kill the buck, I can use your tag to tag him. I have to have a valid deer tag yep. to That's be in not the party. Filled. That an unfilled valid tag. Yep, it doesn't have to be unfilled. You just have to have. It. Let's not talk about it in terms of tags and open or and and filled tags and unfilled tags. Let's talk about it in terms of the licensing side of it. Yep. So when you purchase a license. Uh, at that point of sale where you get in the mail, you get two things. You get the actual license to hunt that season, and then you get the transportation tag and the confirmation tag with that. So in order for all of us in this room to go out our firearms deer one season, every single one of us is going to have to fi- have a firearms one 
license. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's say that Clint shoots a deer and tags that deer. Okay. Now he no longer has an open transportation tag, but he still has a valid license to hunt that season. He can still hunt. He can still come out with us. And as long as he's an active participant and we're all hunting together, mm-hmm. if he shoots a deer. And you still have a tag. I can put my tag on that yep. deer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. But if Austin shoots a deer, I can't tag it. Yeah, because you don't have a tag. Exactly right. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly right. Yep. See, in Ohio, you can't. There is no. Right. Most no most party. states are. So there's shoot five your deer, tag your deer. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So if I'm hunting. Illinois is that way. Yep. And I would shoot a doe and I tag it. And the next drive, a doe runs by and it's wounded. And I'm like, oh, shit, I should just shoot it anyway. Technically, I just broke the law. Yeah. Yeah. Because my tag. Whether it's morally right or not. You have that right. ethical exactly. decision to make or that legality decision yeah. to make. Yep. 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 So how do you feel about party hunting? Personally, I'm not a big fan of it. Same. Yep. Same. I grew up doing it. That's how I grew up hunting. That's what I got introduced to, and I am not a fan of it anymore. I just, uh, from my side of it, there's just... It's touchy. It's touchy, and there's a lot of opportunity for abuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most, and, yeah. and, most probably and, don't treat it the way you should. Right. And a I'm, lot of bullets whizzing by you, too. Let's not... Do you get a lot of, like, uh, so your your grandpa had a tag, huh? What's yeah. he, about 92? Yeah. Yeah. So he's yep. out there pushing with you? Yep. Yep. <laughs> or, 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 he's in a nursing home, bud. <laughs> right. That does happen. Or let's say you're hunting with us on the weekend. You got to go to work on Monday. You hand me your tag. I carry it. Oh, yeah. Yep. That, that's very common types of things. <laughs> yep. See, I'm glad Illinois doesn't have it. I was teleworking. <laughs> teleworking. <laughs> what, when, when I first heard about it, I was when I worked at Deer, I was talking to some, no disrespect, but talked to some casuals. Like people that just only gun hunted like two days a year, like oh I knew they went out. I'm like how how to do? Yeah, we got four. I'm like that's a weird way to talk to me about what happened. Like we got four. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Who'd I didn't get, get one. But so pocket? and I'm like oh party hunting. Yep. It's like the way they party hunt people talk about how they went party hunting after the weekend. I'm like weird that was me growing up yeah we filled uh 14 out of the 17 tags did you shoot one ah oh, no nah, i didn't shoot one it's like sometimes that's how it happened you didn't get anything couldn't imagine if i did though <laughs> like cooler if you did i didn't but a guy that i was like <laughs> I I <laughs> yeah i so, tagged one so to me i always thought that was kind of weird and i'm surprised i'm surprised of all states in iowa that it is legal because iowa seems to be on the brunt of all things good for the most part and like hunting laws and regulations. Yeah, it's a it's a highly contested uh, debate between our sportsmen and uh, a lot of our agricultural industry in the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sportsmen, you know, say uh, say we have uh, you know like a season setting meeting, or we we have public hearings where people can give input on what they'd like to see changed. Typically, you see those people. It's very common that you, they request that uh, party hunting go away. Mm-hmm. Right? But then on the agricultural side of things, they look at it as it's a efficient way to get deer harvested and get mm. them off of the landscape. Kill more. Yeah, because, you know, if you're, an ag- if you're an ag producer and you're getting crop damage, you know, you want those deer eliminated mm-hmm. to eliminate that damage and that economic mm-hmm. hardship that you're going to so incur the, off of that. The one point that I'm a strong advocate for party hunting is I just learned this. So Iowa has a draw system for non-residents. Yep. Illinois, we're over-the-counter a lot of other states are over the counter. Austin just bought a farm in Iowa, and he's talking about, you know, I can't, I can't draw my buck tag or whatever. I'm like, what? You own ground there. 
Like you own acreage, and we're not. You know, you own significant acreage. I like you should get a tag, right? You're a landowner in Iowa. You would think so, but in Iowa, if you're a non-resident, and it doesn't matter if you own yeah. land or not, you're a non-resident. That's bullshit. I think. Well, that's our opinion, but I guess that's <laughs> what makes nice I, about it. I guess that's what makes Iowa so great. It's why everybody wants to go there and shoot the big deer. I tell you right now, if you think it's bullshit, but like I don't think it's bullshit because that would drive prices out the fucking roof. For ground I, let, me, let me ask you this. It would. You know that going into it, though, don't you? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. So, Austin, what, did you know that going into it? I did, yep. So the plan is, I mean, there there are several loopholes, and the parting, the party hunting is a loophole. You know, that's a way that I can go out and enjoy that farm every year. I can get my doe tag, and, and I can have Jacob come and hunt with me, and we can sit there and hunt for a buck. Um and, you know, I can muzzleloader hunt. So every other year, instead of waiting five or six years for the archery tag, I can go out and I can muzzleloader hunt every two years, and I can bow hunt during that muzzleloader season. Oh, okay. So there are some loopholes. I mean, you get you just have to know what's legal and what's not. But it's, yeah, if, if you go to Iowa and, and buy a 160-acre farm, don't plan on hunting it every year. Yeah. I, I mean, I get it from your guys' perspective. Well, for, you can. You're just not going to have that anti-sex license. Correct. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I just think now it's almost like it changed my perspective a little bit. It's like, well, if you're just a billionaire and you're just buying property in all these states, it's like, well, honestly, yeah, you should be able to draw a tag in all those states because you own land there. But you're not a resident. I get it, right? I get the argument. But also, you got to hear out what I'm saying, Iowa boys. Like, Austin bought a nice farm in Iowa. He should be able to hunt it how he wants to hunt it every year. Oh, I agree 100%. Like a resident would get to hunt because he owns. When Illinois went over the counter, did you see an increase in your quality of deer herd? Did you see it's been over the counter for as long as I can remember? Okay. So you can actually shoot two bucks if I'm on, if I'm not mistaken. As a non resident, I think you can shoot two bucks as a non resident in In Illinois? Illinois. Yep. How? I don't think you can. I think you can if you're if you're a landowner, you get a landowner oh, tag, and then landowner. you can get an archery tag or a gun tag. Okay, yeah. I don't know hmm. about that as a non-resident. I'm not sure. I I think I'm I like having two buck tags, but at the same time, if they were limited to one buck, I wouldn't be that upset about it because. But also, I think if you're going to limit to one buck, then you can't let non-residents. Do you need to structure it like Iowa if we're going to change anything? Well, I mean, we technically can shoot two bucks with a firearm and a or a firearm season and an archery season. Yes, and an urban tag if you draw. Yeah, urban and tag. an urban tag. So if we if we if you draw your cards right, you could shoot three bucks in Iowa. We like, shoot three well, if you're on. a landowner as let, well. Let me let me. Where see like you come to Ohio and it's one buck no matter what. Well, maybe Eric's wrong. Is he about to get a ticket? <laughs> let, let, let me say this. Oh, no, I don't. Let me ask you guys this question: Based on the, what we just talked about in party hunting, could you shoot an infinite, an infinite amount of bucks in Iowa in a particular season? You could if, if you're party you had, hunting. Yeah, if yeah. you had if you're party tag. hunting, you could. You could. If you had yeah. twenty guys, you could technically you could shoot twenty bucks. I mean, if yes. you think about it. Yes, that's right. Wow. Wonder what some. I never thought about someone, it that way, but yeah, you could. Wonder what's the most bucks someone killed in a year? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Wow. Legally, I guess I legally. never thought, of legally, I never yeah. thought about it that way, but <laughs> yeah. like... What's the, most, what's the most you've ever heard of or seen or... Two or three. Like old Deadeye Willie out there. Deadeye Doug. Yeah. Damn. You, you know, if you were like a TV guy, 
You know how many people just fucking hate you? Oh, shit. <laughs> I never there, thought about that. You're there spook spanning seven bucks. <laughs> I got nine booners this year. <laughs> the world on fire. Where? Iowa. <laughs> There's like, a loophole. Like, that's that's crazy. Because, like, back home, I mean, there is no gray area. There's no loophole. There's no loophole. Yeah. In Ohio, one. Yeah. Does it, I don't give a shit. Yeah, but you can sprinkle. I mean, okay. That's how Illinois words it, too, is no matter how oh, many tags God. you have, it's two either sex. I mean, you get two either sex tags. You can yeah. kill two antler deer in one season, and that's it, yeah, no matter the combination of tags. You can't draw a yeah. Pike County, Schuyler County, Henry County tag and then right. kill three bucks because yeah. you drew the tag. Right. It's like, yeah. you fill one, you're done. Yeah, yeah. Ours, oh, yeah. ours is pretty much the yeah. same. Firearm. As, ours is pretty much the same as yours. We just can't bow hunt during gun season. Yep. So Illinois had just changed that like five six years ago, maybe. You, but I mean, you had to wear. You have to have a valid firearm tag to use your bow. You guys can't bow hunt during firearm season at all. No, no, no. What's the What's the thought on that? Like, if you party you, hunting, <laughs> uh, I think the biggest one is is a lot of our firearms uh, uh, hunters. You know, they have an argument that says, "Well, the bow hunters have had an opportunity to hunt for so many days prior to this season." We should get our own independent season where we don't have to worry about those people. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that carries a lot of water. With, so they with, can trespass and the bow hunters won't catch them. Well, well <laughs> that does happen. But, uh, but uh, I don't think that's the, the primary reason. reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, Illinois is a different state. So I get that. But also, if you have a valid firearm tag and you go and you bought it and you go with your your blaze orange and you're doing all the things that gun hunters do – it's What's a different. It, it's a valid argument because it, the the actual method of take is a more difficult method of take. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're limiting your time yourself. frame. Yeah, yeah. All I know is I wouldn't be wouldn't be bowhunting on public during shotgun season. I think that's a wise idea. <laughs> yeah. yep. Hell no. How often are you getting a call for like somebody getting shot by another hunter or something really crazy? You know, it doesn't happen that frequently. But uh, when you do, your heart just sinks. I bet. Can you talk about the case that you worked on at all this fall, or is that kind of Um, something you can't talk about? No, I'm probably not going to. I mean, we still have uh, we still have some things working there. Yep. But but I can give a general a general uh, overview of it. Is uh, there was a a group of hunters in uh, in Boone County, and a guy got shot uh, at about 123 yards in the chest with a 450 Bushmaster. Oh, and he, he was shot right under the left armpit. The bullet entered, uh, actually penetrated his rib cage, uh, clipped a little bit of the top of his uh, uh, left lung, and the bullet came to rest about two inches from his heart. Oh. Oh. And uh, he walked out of the hospital that night refusing treatment. What? Oh. And, uh, to, and to this day, I think he still has the bullet in his chest cavity. That's not good. Oh, I, I immediately thought death. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at 123 yards, a 450 bush That's not far. Should, should have blown the back yeah. of his chest oh, out. Oh, yeah. It just, it should have blown him out. But interestingly enough, the way the landscape laid on that particular situation is uh, there's a lot of willow trees, just the tops of willow trees. It's like you're standing on the top of a bowl or on the rim of a bowl, and then down through the bowl, there's these willow trees that were growing up yep. through the, through the uh, base of an old gravel pit. And I think there was just enough brush that – one of those limbs caught that bullet, and instead of having it on its good trajectory, you know, rifling and spinning coming out the muzzle, it caused that bullet to tumble and lose energy rapidly. Mm. And I, that's my speculation. I don't know. But I think it was able, because the bullet was probably tumbling, it Same lost thing. enough energy mm. to where it actually, you know, it, it was a ballistic tip, so it didn't expand or anything. So, mm. you know, it didn't hit like it should. So you probably can 
this is probably where it gets weird. Like, was he shot on purpose? Complete accident? Or is that part of the investigation? That's, yeah, that's part of the. I got you. Okay. Yep. I won't ask any but more questions. Walked about out it. That ma- night. Majority of those instances are uh, accidentally. Mm-hmm. And uh, Man, so that. That's, but that's the thing. Like growing up party hunting, I didn't know any better. But like now, looking back on it, and why I quit doing it because you know I was fourteen years old. My dad's like, how many well, times you hear slugs zing by your head? Oh. I think everybody that's hunted deer knows. Hey, if you hear that. a gunshot, jump behind a tree. I'm like, well, isn't it going to be a little too late after you hear it? <laughs> but like, there's multiple times where you hear that. Yes. You know what I mean? And like, growing up, I'm like, oh, this is normal because you want to be out with your isn't dad. Isn't that crazy? Your, isn't your that crazy? You're sitting there saying that's normal. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, I didn't know any better, but, right? You know what I mean? I I'm like, he, oh shit, jump behind a tree. I'll be fine. The stories you're telling right now is what I heard about Wisconsin growing up. Like, don't go gun hunting in Wisconsin. I have uncles and some family in Wisconsin. It's like, don't go there during rifle season. It's like World War Three. I mean, that's how it was. Like, we would we have sitters and pushers, you know. We'd yeah. sit, sit there behind a tree. And you're all closing in towards you each other. You'd, you'd, have, sitters. you'd have guys walking right at you. If you've seen deer, you're pretty much shooting at them or they're shooting at you. That's something I can't believe has it become illegal is deer drives. I agree with doing it. Do it every year. Because of that reason. Yeah. Every year. Opening day. I mean, I don't. It's unethical, but yep. it's another I, debate. That's another debate right there. We can debate it, but see, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Well, I get it to a point, right? But it's harder to it, it's harder to kill deer that way. <laughs> you wound deer. That's why when you go shed hunting, you find all these deer because people hit them and they don't know they hit them because they're running mock ten. Yeah, most of the deer you're shooting at are running. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. oh a thousand percent. Yeah. You hit a buck running mock ten, you're shooting at it full speed. You don't know if you hit it. You know what I mean? And then you don't even go look, or you go, oh, look, and you were forty yards off where the buck was actually standing, and then. You know, you get your bow hunters that respect animals. That's not, that was a harsh statement, but I'll stand by it. Generally. And uh, generally, thank you. And then we'll find them in shed season, and then we got to find a DNR officer in our county that's not there to get a salvage tag to keep the damn thing. So unpopular opinion, maybe, but I've ran into it probably every other year. That probably happens to me, you know? I got a question for you. So Don't change say... the subject, Doug. We're talking about the... <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> so let's say in Boone County, I'm shed hunting. I find a dead buck. On your day, it's like your day off, right? What do I do? Like, just leave a message, leave it there. Yeah, the best thing to do is leave it there because, okay. uh, but it's on public and like, I mean, I want you got to be patient. You just I, sleep next to it, Doug. Yeah, uh, <laughs> camp but, out. Uh, typically, uh, what I like to do is go out and actually look at that animal. Okay. Um, if it's shot, if it's got a bullet hole in it or an arrow or something, I'm not going to salvage it to you, mm-hmm. right? I, our administrator allows us to salvage accidentally killed deer deer that you know die because of a, a car wreck or or a car collision or you know something that just dies on the landscape but natural causes yeah anything that's had that human interaction that's been shot we don't we don't typically we don't case somebody it. shot it and left it and came yeah, back for yeah. it or something think of it this way if you didn't do that would you really have a regulated harvest yeah you know think about think about uh Think about the guy that's sitting in his tree stand on October 15th and that 140 comes in and he just can't resist and he lets that arrow fly, walks out there and says, God, I really don't want to, I want to hunt during the rut. I really don't want to tag this buck. Mm. So he comes up with the strategy of, I'm just going to stash it and find it during shed season, right? Believe it or not, people do those types of things. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's why why I say... We we don't salvage those animals if they've been shot because if you do, we're just promoting that unregulated harvest where 
now a guy shooting two, three deer, and he's got a license for one. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it kind of goes back to the converse, conversation earlier. It's like, you know, I'm accidentally tagged it this way, and they call you right away. It's like, uh, I, how do you regulate it? You know, is he honest or dishonest, hoping for whatever? But yeah, that's now. Can you like, like, say you do find a deer? You know, they killed it October fifteenth. Say next season, shed season, it's deteriorated already. Can you tell if it's been shot like with an arrow and everything? Not always. Not always. Yep. Not always. And then it's just a judgment call on that individual officer and how they want to handle it. Or right? what if I shot. 180 incher never found it but i find it shed season and then call you my first question to you is going to be did you feel your tag on another animal say no then we could probably work something okay yep but would you will you use your harvest tag or a salvage tag i'd issue a salvage tag for that but i don't know the time if you uh you know say that you say yes i actually harvested another animal on that particular tag well you're only allowed one deer per license. Mm. So if I would salvage that to you, essentially you I'm, I'm contributing to an over limit. Okay. Right. So in that situation, I'd say, no, you, you, you shot that deer, that second deer, you reduced it to your possession by putting your transportation tag on it. That's your, that's your deer for the year, so to speak for that particular license. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, what I always do, I don't know if this helps or hurts. Um, and this instance probably doesn't matter. But what I always do, because of the lack of conservation officers in some of the counties I hunt, um, I've done this twice now, and I actually did get, I, you know, maybe it did help in hindsight. I did get issued salvage tags because that I did it. Um, so I've came across in the last, I don't know, handful of years, two bucks that I really, I, I, you run across small bucks and just like, yeah, it's a dead buck, whatever. But I ran across two bucks that I knew that, I found her in shed season, dead hair and bones and all that. You know what I mean? Like killed from that season. And what I did on both of them, I recorded the walk up that I verbally say the date where I'm at, show the scene of everything, show the rib cage, show the rack, everything. And then uh, what I actually did on both of them, I called, left the deer, called, sent all that stuff. The DNR officers are like, nah, that looks, that looks legit or whatever and i've got salvage tags on both of those now very standard process you yeah know, the more information you can provide to make to assist that officer in making trying to make the right judgment call on that particular issue yeah is good you mm-hmm. know it's very common that guys will call me and say hey i'm standing over this deer first thing i say is can you send me some videos or pictures mm-hmm. so right. i can make some type of evaluation on what the condition of that, that carcass is whether or not we can even tell for if sure. there's been an arrow run through it or if it's got a bullet hole or anything of that nature. For sure. I even sent one of them an Onyx pen. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to be in my spot. <laughs> <laughs> you got to sell a for that velvet buck, didn't you? Uh-huh. Yeah. That was a, that was hit on the road, though. Right, but I mean. Yeah, that still. was hit on the road in like August, early August. And it was just on the side of the road, and I just did a roadkill report thing, and that was good. Um, that, that's been a handful of years, but um, – I called on the buck I found two years ago or whatever, and right. it was it was pretty pretty seamless process. I, I I got a hold of a not for our county, but one over, and he was great. It was great to work with. So, um, and I think he could tell from everything I provided that I wasn't full shit. Could have been, but it was a good interaction. Good, great good. interaction. Actually, both of them were really good interactions. So I called one in once. I never ended up getting it. They told you to kick rocks, huh? <laughs> the DNR was going on vacation. I'm like, oh. So I'll be back in three weeks. I'm like, well, I don't know if I'll be 
because I was losing the ground that year. So I'm like, well, I won't have the property in three weeks. So that deer's probably, I mean, this is probably six, seven years ago. Somebody came the next day and just picked it up and never called a dealer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could have happened. That does happen. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Or just chalk. Yeah, it's probably, probably just chalk now. Chewed up. Yeah, I don't know. What, what's, uh, oh man, I was going to, I want to ask you, like, what's the craziest call you've been on or scariest call? But I don't know, like, what you can and can't talk about. You know, I really haven't had a lot of scary stuff or crazy stuff. You know, there's yeah, a lot knock of, on wood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But there, there is a lot of stuff that you you got to make decisions, you know, on the fly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those are the hardest to deal with, you know. Uh, one thing that stands out in my mind is a couple uh, couple years back, I was out working shiners one night. And sure enough, here comes this old ratty pickup down the road and got the, got the spotlight coming out the window. Well, it's time to make a stop on that car. Get up on the road, get in behind him, turn the lights on, he takes off. You know, he's not going to stop. Mm-hmm. We got about a two-mile chase, and then for whatever reason, which, uh, you know, I guessed, and I was right, he actually threw the thirty thirty lever action out the window. He wanted to get space between me and him. so To I, get rid of it. Yep. So I wouldn't see the gun come out the window. So I get the guy stopped, and he's got this just nasty Rottweiler in the truck just snarling and barking at you. Mm-hmm. Well, you as the officer, the first thing you want to do is control that subject. You want to see hands and you want to get that subject out of the vehicle. So number one, he can't take off again. Yeah. Or number two, he's not come out of the, going to come out of the vehicle with something that could hurt you. Mm-hmm. Well, the something that could hurt you is barking dog. and snarling at you. And <laughs> you're, like, dog. Yeah. Yeah. you're like, if this guy opens the door, this is going to be game on with this dog. Yeah. Fucking dog. So now you're like, okay, I got to make a judgment call here. How am I going to control this subject and control this particular situation? Mm-hmm. Not have the guy hurt you or kill you. Also not have his dog hurt you or kill him. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. tricky. So yeah, it's tricky. And you're out there by yourself. Right. In the middle of the night. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yep. yep. And you have to make that judgment call. How am I going to get myself out of the situation? Cause I just put myself in something is you're puckered. Yeah. Right. Anybody that tells you they're not in that situation is a liar. Right. Yeah, for sure. That's yep. dogs are scary. Yep. So, you know, you just, you got to think it out. You got to take a breath and you just got to figure out, okay, what's the best way to, you know, handle mm-hmm. the situation. So it's tough to do in the heat of the moment too. What'd you oh. do with the dog? So what I did in that particular situation is that, uh, you know, at least I took a gamble, you know, I told the guy to stay in the vehicle so I could just give him direction at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, I basically told him stay in the vehicle until I tell you to come out. And then we had a conversation. Are you able to get out of the vehicle without the dog getting out? Yes. If the dog comes out, you understand I'll shoot your dog. Mm-hmm. You know, For because, sure, yeah. Because he looks mean and I'm not going to get tore up. Oh, yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. I wanted to make dang sure that that guy understood at that particular moment, if that dog came out of the vehicle, that the dog's not going home. Yeah. Again, you got to go home at night. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And at the same time, I'm also telling that guy, also, you know, control yourself, control your hands. I want to see him when you come out of that vehicle, but I want you to immediately close that door and lock that dog in that vehicle, mm-hmm. which he complied. And he did what I asked him to do. Damn good thing. Thank God. Yeah. Right. Because right. right. that, that scenario could have unfolded six different ways, all of them bad. Yeah. In half a second. Yes. Yeah. Yep. First thing I thought of, you ever watch Chappelle show? No. <laughs> oh, God. I don't, I, don't, I don't watch a lot of TV. You know this? 
<laughs> skit with Bill Burr. Bill Burr's the detective. He walks in and they're like, "It's a sting, right?" And they, there's the 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 dudes. Oh God, I'm playing in my head. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gold retriever on the bed, and he just comes in and shoots the dog for no reason. He's like, at that point, I had to fire upon the animal. It's like it wasn't even attacking. It's <laughs> just laying there. I was gonna make I was gonna make the joke, but it's if you didn't know, it, I'm glad I didn't because you don't know Chappelle's show. But I'll show you after this. It's just funny. <laughs> it's stupid. It's so stupid. But if anyone knows Chappelle's show, dude, they know what I'm talking about. That's the first thing I thought. You're like, I don't want to shoot your yeah, dog. Yeah, Cujo in the car. <laughs> yeah, that I'll pucker you up real quick. That's a bummer situation. Just like I, that's just I wouldn't want to do that. Bad props, man. I don't. Want so to did that. he admit to throwing out? No, actually, uh, what really what tipped me off that there was a firearm in the car is there was ammunition. Oh, oh yeah. And, and then the next question is, you know, where's the gun? Oh, I don't know where the gun is. Typical response, you know. Yeah. So about half mile back. <laughs> yeah. So so it's uh, now it's well we get the guy. He actually was, was a convicted felon had methamphetamine on him. I mean, Classic. he, could, he, he couldn't, couldn't have even done own a gun. Anything more wrong, right? <laughs> and sometimes the good guys just win. And that guy, when he was speeding away from me, threw the gun out the driver window. And uh, now, mind you, it's a long gun, 30-30 Winchester. It's not something that's easy to manipulate in the cabin of a vehicle when you're driving 80 miles an hour down a gravel road at 2 o'clock in the morning high on meth. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Keynote, party. <laughs> Keynote, high on meth. Yeah. And Man, uh, You're lucky you didn't let that, that dog That dog's out. probably high on meth, dude. Oh, uh, the, yeah. It was It was one of those that – it's one of those those instances that you're always going to remember. you never yep, forget. For sure. Yep, yep. And the cherry on top was – uh, the ditch that he threw it out in, the uh, the county just cleaned out, so there was no grass, yep. right? And then I don't know how, but the the up bank towards the road, so you got you got your ditch, and then you come down, and then it slopes up towards yep. the road and the yep. road surface. I don't know how this happened. I don't know how physics, without God's own hand, to place it there. The barrel stuck right in the, the other side. The barrel stuck in that <laughs> that that upward slope of the ditch, so it and it was up. just sticking up like a flag <laughs> that says, "Come here, I'm right here." Are you kidding? No, you cannot. You couldn't. You can't have, make that up. You couldn't have placed it any better. Any better standing there jamming it into the ground. You just look at him and say, "Today ain't it's your not, day. It's not your day." Yep. You can't make that shit up uh, no, either. No. So did you just turn around, and drive back the route, and then, or did another officer find it on the way? Or I something? walked it. I actually oh, stopped and walked. So I oh could, my god. So I could. Uh, you know, because you miss stuff when you drive all the time. Oh, Even if you're driving five miles an hour, you're going to miss stuff because you got to concentrate on two things. What are you looking at in the road ditch? <laughs> Keep the vehicle on the road. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's a good story. And, and your phone. Oh Just my god. No. Just kidding. <laughs> and your beer. And your meth. Your meth, your dog, and your gun. <laughs> your crack pipe. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's a good story. Yeah, that was a good one. Good story now that you made it out all right. That, that same intersection, like a year later, I was sitting there, and I actually watched a truck shoot off the end of a T intersection and land in the field that I was Oof. sitting in. And I'm like, oh. This ain't good. That, sleep. that looked like it hurt. Uh, they were drunk. Yeah. yeah. They were drunk. Wow, man. That's a good one. I I don't know. What else? Is there anything else? I'm trying to think of other stuff that we, we missed that. You know, we can only talk about so much, right? So, yeah, you know, one thing is I want to touch on is that, you know, game wardens, conservation officers—they're just not law dogs out there, mm-hmm. right? We we have other important things that we do. We do a lot of public service, and we do a lot of education with people out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes those are 
some of the most rewarding things you can do as an officer is when you're involved in a lot of those things and see success that, uh, that, uh, people have based on the work that you invest to get them to a particular spot to where heck they feel confident and competent enough to go hunting on their own. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, you guys teach all the hunter safety courses everywhere too, right? Oh yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. We, we teach hunter ed and, uh, you know, one thing that our department is uh, invested in here, um, in the last couple of years is we have a program called field to fork and uh, it's just a great program to be involved in. And what we do is we take people that have never hunted in their lives, adults Mm -hmm. or very, very limited, uh, hunting opportunities. And we have an application period and we usually have three, four, five sites throughout the state, usually in larger metro areas, excuse me, Ames, council bluffs, Iowa city, Cedar Rapids, those type areas. Mm Mm-hmm. We get a group of mentors in, in those particular cities, and each one of those areas will have 10 people that are selected for this program. And we take them from the first arrow that they ever shoot, and we mentor them all the way up and get them confident enough to go deer hunting on their own and shoot a deer with a bow and arrow. That's awesome. And it is some of the most uh, gratifying, satisfying parts of the job to see and invest in those people to uh to give them the skills and the knowledge that they can go do that yeah that's very cool is there a way to sign up for that or like how do you get your name in for that uh typically we'll have uh we'll have press releases with with an application period okay you're applying i love that shit man like taking someone hunting for the first time are you gonna apply you're gonna learn how to hunt. Oh, to learn how to hunt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I knew where you were going with that. If it's some primo ground, it's pretty good. It's a primo ground because they also have like the I don't know what the exact verbiage is for, but like the apprenticeship program where you can yeah take someone hunting with you yep. without the hunter's education. Yep. As long as someone's with you, they can buy a valid deer mm. tag yep. and license. Yep. And yep. I wouldn't mind like helping with hunter safety courses and stuff. I do that back home. You do? Mm-hmm. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt. It's just a bummer, but we got to do it sometimes. Do it. Podcast is brought to you by Scent Crusher. Mm. Mm. Favorite Scent Crusher product? Go, Doug. The roller bag. Roller bag. Eric. The closet. Room Kurt. clean for me. Nice. Pretty quick. Bingo. Why the roller bag, Doug? Go. It's easy. Too slow. Everything can fit in there. What? Why, why do you like the closet, Eric? Everything fits in there. Yeah. Ask me. How do you like the... Why do you like the... He's rid of farts. Oh. Farts or poops? Both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sin Crusher. Get rid of farts and poops. <laughs> <laughs> All jokes aside, Sin Crusher is the shit. And Old Barn Taxidermy. Mm. The mm. second Geyer Buck replica is about done. I should have it here probably right after show season. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it might be done right now. I just got to go get it. And it looks insane. We used the cape from the Big Nuts Buck mm-hmm. that I killed last October and put it on. And it's, dude, it's a beautiful mile. It's <laughs> one of the best mounts I've ever seen. Is it spicy? It's a, uh, it's sexy. Oh, it's it's like shit. it's damn that museum is, quality is what it is. It's, mm, it's that is spicy. It's really pretty. Uh, Old Barn Taxidermy. We did pick the winner for the Old Barn giveaway, and guess who won? Me, Garrett Goodwin. Oh hell yeah! Oh nice. Sam put his uh, all the names in the coffee mug and put his snossages down in there and pulled out Garrett Garrett's uh, name. That's awesome. <laughs> pretty cool. Congrats, Garrett. So. This fall, you go into Old Barn, tell them, hey, I'm here because of WCB, and you automatically get entered into that drawing for, for a free shoulder mount. Wait so Garrett gets a free shoulder mount this year. Uh, the podcast is brought to you by Novix Tree Stands. Did you guys see the new Raider series? I did see it. It's on uh, pre 
sale right now. So I think like 220 bucks gets you an American-made aluminum tree stand. Mm, can't beat it. And it's a light. Like accidentally came out lighter. It looks good. <laughs> the echo. So real <laughs> nice. Um, they have a ladder stand now. They have a 20-foot stick. Um, I love it. I'm excited to use that, especially on like stands that you're not going to really move around that much. Yep. You can set more that up. Of, more of a permanent stand. Ready to go. I'm actually looking forward to getting my mitts on one of them ladder stands for my farm. I got a perfect spot for it. And a spot I know I'll always have a stand. Yep. You know what Put I mean? Put your DBs on that and set it up. That's right. Get them dick beaters out there. That that What's nice is it's aluminum, so you're not going to have a stand that rusts apart and fold in on you, and it doesn't use a center bar for the tree. That's right. So there's none of that janky support bar halfway like up the clanking ladder. going on the only reason why those things are on them ladders is so you don't die when you climb it and <laughs> exactly. it on top of you. so it's uh nice to know this doesn't have it and i think i think the like mobile community got a little tore up like about that ladder stand but the price of it and stuff they forget right. it's aluminum and it's mm-hmm. american made but this it's not a mobile hunter's thing no so everybody just settle down you know what i mean i think everyone's so used to the mobile thing that's you know, all you need to carry that thing in with you every time I just think people, they're thinking about it wrong. They are. You know, but you can use code WCB10 uh, Novix to save yourself some coin. And Thermoseat, it's D-Wedge season, baby. D-Wedge, That's baby. Right. Turkey season's right around the corner. Keep your butt nice and comfortable while you Put your ass in a wedge. turkey in the face. That's right. Have a warm, warm butt when you do it. Don't get wet. I got a turkey hunt plan, too, boy. No, you, you don't. Do. I do. I didn't tell you guys. What? What the fuck? What? How do you do in this? Oh, you whip this out on some mid rolls on us. Yep, is that Shoot it? In the face. That's all you're giving us. That's all I'm giving you for now. Okay, that's all you guys get. Thanks for tuning uh, in, guys. Eric went turkey on with us, but yeah, you got some mm-hmm. some gay dudes going. Dude, on there's something. There's something going on. <laughs> gay. Back to the episode. Thanks for being here. <laughs> I think that'd be well, fun. You know, our hunter safety uh, program is. If it wasn't for the volunteer instructors that were involved in that on a day to day basis, we would not be successful. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's got to be a way to volunteer to do that. Oh, yeah, guaranteed. Yeah, I, I don't know. I never even really thought about See, like, it. Like, Easton hunts on an apprenticeship program, and then he can take a safety hunter's course next year. Now, I can, like, read him the questions he has to answer, but, like, you can do that, I think, for three years on an apprentice license at oh. home, Ohio. But that's all because of the apprenticeship program that Ohio puts in place. Does Illinois have something like that, Austin, you know? Because I know Cody's Yeah, good I've read about it, but I don't know much about it. My kids are getting to the age now where I'm probably going to look into it, but they, like there the is pre- some kind of an apprenticeship. The apprenticeship program, program in Iowa is just a one-time thing, ain't it? You can do it up to two times. Two times, yep, okay. Two times, yep. yep. But, like, if it's your child, like, they can go with you as, like, every, the, as, the The apprenticeship program is set up to allow somebody to go hunting after they've reached that age of 16 years of age or older. Yep. Uh, without having to take hunter safety course. So yep. it gives them a taste to where they can purchase a license, legally hunt, mm-hmm. but not have that time investment in the hunter safety, in the hunter safety course. But you have to be with someone. That, you have to be with someone. A, that, gives them, that gives them youth season and stuff? Uh, no, typically it's not youth season because it's more it's more uh, gauged towards the adults. He said oh, anyone older. sixteen year old yep. or older. Also, you've got to be sixteen. Oh, so like oh, like oh, like oh, if I, I if I have a buddy that's interested in hunting, he doesn't want to go through the hunter safety course and everything. Like he can buy a valid license and tag that year, and I can take him with me, and he can harvest. Like the your deer. driver's but, but permit. But basically, he's yep. got to be under your supervision. Yes, you, know? you, you he can just come can't with kick me. him loose. Right. You know, it, right. it's right. designed to be a mentored yeah. hunt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I got you. That makes. Yep. Sense. I got you now. Yep. Okay. That's Interesting. Yeah. Can I can I tell a quick story about uh, 100%, you know, yeah, about yeah, the, the the field to fork thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the one of the first ones we had, we had a uh, a gal named Erica, Erica, and. Uh, 
she was a vegetarian, mm-hmm. right? And uh, at one point in her life, she decided, I need, you know, I need to change my diet. I want to change my diet. And she decided she wanted good organic type meat. You know, you're not going to find anything better than wild game mm-hmm. in, terms of, in terms of, you know, protein calories and things of that nature. So yeah. she enrolls herself in the program. And she had no interest in hunting. Her family grew up. She grew up in a family of hunters. And, uh, but as growing up, she, you know, wasn't really interested and she goes through this program with us and you could see the paradigm change and how she looked at the world. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, cause we teach them in those things. Like when you're in a bow hunting situation, your movement matters more. Mm-hmm. The wind matters more. Your mm-hmm. decision making matters more, right. More than just being an op, uh, an observer of the resource, mm-hmm. You're now in a consumptive user role of the resource. And to be successful, you got to be proficient, mm-hmm. right? So she started looking at the world different, where when she would see a deer, it wasn't just a deer anymore. Now it's, how far away is that deer? What's the shot angle? Should I shoot? Should I shouldn't shoot? She's running these scenarios through her head constantly as she's going through this program. Mm-hmm. And she'll, she, she'd tell us things like, I never even considered that before I started this, you know. How old was she when she got in? Early 30s. Oh, okay, cool. Yep, yep. And uh, she was outstanding in the program, and uh, she worked hard. And uh, she ended up shooting a deer, or uh, a doe, and uh, called me. And uh, I was I was fortunate enough to go up, and, uh, and she already had it found. But uh, she didn't know how to how to uh, bone it out or skin it or anything. So mm-hmm. I went up and helped her with that. And uh, we're talking during that process. And uh, I'm like, what are you going to do with your meat? And she had uh, she had planned that Thanksgiving was just a couple of days away. She was going to bring the back straps to Thanksgiving. And uh, But her dad didn't know it. Her dad didn't know she was in the program. Mm. And just think about how cool that would be experience as a, as a, as a father. Yeah, that, to, that is cool. To have your daughter walk in that you think is a vegetarian, and she puts a back strap in front of you. <laughs> yeah, What's from up? hating to love on her real fast. And, <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to look up at her and you're going to go, where'd that come from? Yeah. And she's going to go, I shot it, Dad, with a bow and arrow. That's Imagine good. that would do to you as a father. I mean, I just love that story. I mean, that yeah. right there is a perfect example of what it's all about. Oh, yeah. 100%. I have tons of buddies that are interested in hunting. I'm like... Hey, there's an apprenticeship program. Like, if you want to go, go buy the tag and the license. I will take you. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If I don't have my tag filled, I will still take you. There's so many people out there just begging for an opportunity. Well, not this it. year. I don't care. Even this, year, even this year. <laughs> All like, right. I'm going to have to talk to your buddies. Yeah. I'm like, hey, let's. <laughs> <laughs> hey, tell Eric you want to go hunting. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's something about it, though. Like, I'd year. rather, yeah. if I can get my buddy into hunting, because it, I mean, a lot of my buddies don't hunt. From you know that I graduated with, and Man, they're you're a interesting person than me. Oh, dude! Oh, I'll great. take him. I'll take him any day. I'll of my take life. my buddies. Like my buddy Dakota lives in Ohio. He really wants to like get into it. Like you can come sit with me. I mean, I'm non-residents. Like, I mean, don't get me, don't get me wrong. I got three thousand does. They're like you're shooting a doe. You ain't shooting one of my buddies. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They'd be happy to do it. That's what I mean. Like I mean, yeah, yeah. Needs to happen. I'd be like, dude, you're an adult, man. Get a hunting license like a man and don't be a bitch. Go hunting. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's a little strong. No, I, I, I get it. No, it's it's in place for for good reason. But my buddies, 
my friends a different we have, that's a relationship i have with some of my buddies but also i'm also kind of kidding like i do want to get into it but also god damn you guys are looking at me like i'm a fucking devil person here <laughs> you believe this guy Illinois people, Mark. Hey, Doug, let, let me hunt your ground with you. Like, kick ass. Like, you, you go take the hunter safety course yeah. like an adult and figure it out, you know? Come but, on over, But man. I get it. It's, it's, we're kind of kidding when I say that. With my friends, I'd probably be like that. But I'd be like, nah, I'd take it if you want to go. But also, like, your uncle's got ground. We'll go there. You know what I mean? No. Yeah, 100%. yeah we're going. We're, what do you got, Ryan? Yeah. yeah. What hey, what's it for me? <laughs> you get to learn how to hunt. What do I get? <laughs> I know your your granny over there has got some prime acres. Let me in on some of that. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> anyway, uh, that's my uh, me being a dickhead at the end of this episode. Um, I'd say I'm kidding, but I'm ha- I'm not. I'm fu- I'm fully not kidding, but I kind of am. Brandon's just judging me. He's like, dude, you're a dick. <laughs> I think it's great that she killed the buck and her dad changed her mind about her, though. That is cool. That is good. It's good for, I think people want to take adults, like the adult onset thing. It's like hard to break into that new deal. It is. It's easy for me to talk shit. I'm kidding, right? But I've been doing this since I was 10. So it's like a, a I just want people done. to get that bug like we get, you know, when that adrenaline kicks in, that oh, deer's in front you of you. You got to feel it. There's nothing people have, enough, people have never felt that before. You know what I'm I mean? with you. I am with you. I get it. I'm all about getting more people involved. I am too. I'm not disagreeing. I do that with turkeys, though. Not me. Fuck turkeys. turkeys. is a good way. That's because, a great way to yeah. start. Because yeah. yeah. you can hear them. The weather's good. They're interactive. Yeah. And, well, in Illinois, you can't hunt all day. So it's, it's a good way to, to get them out. It's fair. With, like, my kids, I'll probably start with turkeys. Right. Because you can only hunt a one, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's oh, what East, Easton, Easton killed a turkey. This can you spring. hunt all day in Ohio? Second half of the season. So first two weeks, no, till noon. Second, second two weeks, all Let them Isn't Pennsylvania the same it. way? Yeah, because by then you got a bunch of birds on nests, and they don't want to disturb that early. But then later on, so that's that's oh. how they do that. Yep. It's all about the, it's all, all about. Does like, Pennsylvania still do the Sunday thing? Oh yeah, there's there's one Sunday in hunting season you can hunt in Pennsylvania. Outside of that, it's a heritage tradition. They'll never hunt Sundays. Never. You get one Sunday to hunt. That'll change. Nope. They'll nope. Change. They've tried it twelve times in the next ten really? years. You know, nope. it'll change. Won't happen. I'll bet you this. They've tried it. Can the twelve times. On it's just insane to me. Every time it fails, it automatically fails. That's robbing people Imagine of a great Sunday opportunity. It, it, it's a heritage thing, though. In Pennsylvania, is it a heritage thing or is it a religious thing? No, her, it's Pennsylvania has the strongest hunting heritage in any state in America. Okay, so guys that work their asses off get to hunt one day a week. Yeah, I've got a 120-acre farm, and you're telling me I can't go hunt that yep. one day of the week. That, that'd infuriate me. And 90% of Pennsylvania believes Sunday is a day of rest. That's worse than saying Austin can't hunt yeah. his Iowa farm. Rest I know. I'm just getting pissed on right? all angles here. Oh, I, I don't agree <laughs> with it. Here's the thing. I, I don't agree with it at all. Enforce that. Because I've shot a buck in Ohio, <laughs> and then I want to go over to P- – I've shot bucks in PA. I'll go over and hunt PA public. It's right beside me. I, that drives me fucking crazy. I'm like, so I leave on a Thursday. I hunt Thursday night, Friday, Saturday at dark. I'm done. I'm heading home. Why? Why would you so say Sunday? You're, you're telling me if you took the hunters of Pennsylvania, the hunters, not the people, anybody else, the real bow hunters of Pennsylvania, and you put them all, and you, all right, vote hunt Sundays or not, they'd vote not to hunt Sundays. Oh, I don't know about that. I'm talking about like. Well, you said it's a hunting heritage thing. Oh, yeah. That would be a hunting heritage well, thing. Yeah, if they're yeah, all yeah, like, okay, yeah. Yeah, we don't want to hunt Sundays. 
I think there's more people that nowadays that are like, no, we should do it. But it's still like it's when they vote for it. Like Bo talks about this, but Martonic all the time. So he uh, lives in PA, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's been there his whole life. His family. Second been his best whole life. stash. Yep. Yeah. He, he says it's first, but it's we, all uh, we did an ATA <laughs> and mine was better. But oh, I just don't like this. I don't like the Sunday thing. That's no, bullshit. Oh, no, no, he doesn't. He hates it. But he's like, dude, it's a pass down thing. People are just like, you know what? Sunday, we just don't hunt. That's bizarre, dude. It's not. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. You're crazing. robbing people who work for a living a Absolutely. day of enjoying. The they just passed a year or two. In ago. their eyes, what God created. So now there's one Sunday in November during the rut. So what's the exception there? Well, well that was a huge deal. They're giving you one Sunday. That was a fucking huge breakthrough. Like, that was a major deal. So why? what's the one Sunday? It's the rut. They just they just give a random you, Sunday. They give you it. It's called uh, it's like a weekend hunting. You're forgetting. It's like, it, it's like a holiday. It's like a it's like a PA weekend of hunting. Mm, I don't like that. PA. I bet you. I bet you. There's dude, more people I'm hunting that Sunday than any other day of the season. 100. percent Yeah. Brandon, can you imagine having to enforce that in Iowa? It'd be awful. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, though, is it's been that way for so long that it's like. Like, that's just how it is. It's like sanctimonious. You yes. Don't, you don't touch yes, it. Yes. You don't touch it. Wow. I'd Which have, is I'd crazy. have some citations if I lived in Pennsylvania. <laughs> that pisses me off. <laughs> well, I, I promise you that there's probably a lot of hunting going on on Sundays. Oh, because there's people just be. say. Could you imagine out of state going How PA? many guys work six days a week yeah. and I have one day to hunt and it's yeah. Sunday? Okay. Yeah. Mandatory overtime. We're working Saturdays, yeah. boys. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're fucked. You can't fucked. hunt. You no. can't hunt. Yep. It's or if you're not a stater going to PA for like, like a four day weekend, that's no a, it's a three day weekend. Like, three day hunt. There's, I've shot two. I've shot three PA bucks. It doesn't matter what species. You'll get home yeah. early. Whether it's no, deer, no, turkey, no, yeah, waterfowl, no. you can't I hunt at all. Yeah, pissed no. off. All right, let me ask you this: <laughs> Can you fish on Sunday in Pennsylvania? Yeah. How about can trap? Take, the can you trap? The difference. Can I take a shit on mm. Sunday? I don't know about no. trap. <laughs> I think I think trap. I'm pretty sure trapping. Yeah, but hunting. No. What the fuck's the difference? Well, yeah, on. yeah, Why the trapping thing. So me? you'd have to go <laughs> and pull your traps you, on Saturday night. I'm not the Pennsylvania. I know you're the closest. I'm Everybody's talking over each other. It's turning into a chaotic mess. <laughs> Call Bushacks right now. Sunday hunting. It is unlawful to hunt on Sundays except foxes, crows, and coyotes. Okay, there you go. So those. Three. All right, let me see. Uh, crows are souls flying around. So. <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> Give me another beer. I'm, Bo- pi- I'm pissed. Foxes, crows, and coyotes. Yeah. <laughs> other exceptions are included with species seasons below. Um, okay, let me see. What would be the other seasons? Oh, it's it's fucked up. It, it's a it's a fucked up deal. It's beyond fucked up. I'm glad country. I don't live in Pennsylvania. No. Okay, no hunting, except for foxes, coyotes, and crows. You can hunt them. And now, last year or two, they give you. One Sunday and it's in November because like Andy and Rachel were like jumping for fucking joy because they're like we get to hunt the whole weekend and I'm like it's like the Fourth of July I guarantee there's oh, fireworks going off. I find it interesting how the Dude, coyote's still a scapegoat and you got it. It was a huge deal. <laughs> yeah. Coyotes are always the scapegoat yeah. for everything. Like 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 that was a, like when they passed that. You're law, fine. You're fine. You're dead. All right. <laughs> All right so so how many guys are, are sitting in a tree stand in Pennsylvania during the rut on Sunday with a and they tag it Monday morning or. They got rattling horns. Yeah, you know, but they're coyote hunting. But they're coyote hunting. Yeah, yep. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I got, I got a rabbit hunt, call. You can hunt three Sundays in Pennsylvania: November thirteenth, twentieth, and twenty seventh. Okay, that was in twenty twenty two. Speaking of coyotes, we never got your opinion on my 
coyote situation on oh, my yeah. buck from last year. We were going to bring that up, and we didn't. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. That's probably a whole other podcast in itself. I don't know how long. Kurt one wants one to more thing. No, I do want to talk about the one more thing. We got time. Here's a question on Google. Can you hunt on Sundays in PA on private property? If you're hunting on private land on a Sunday, you need to carry written permission from the landowner, which includes the property owner's name, address, and phone number. So if you're hunting private ground, the guy's like, yeah, I'll give you written permission to hunt. You can hunt on Sundays. Or if you own the land, you See, can hunt it. I don't think that's because Rachel and Andy don't hunt Sundays, and they own like 200 acres of private ground. They don't hunt Sundays. Well, this right here. And and they are residents. Google. Like, yeah, like they're residents. Is that on PA DNR? Well, it's like a weird. Um, yeah, that's that's not true. Because I was going to bring, bring Easton up one weekend. And they're like, well, remember, we can't hunt Sunday. Let me look. Weird. Oh, yeah, dude. PA is weird. Weird. Super weird. It is really weird. Um, I don't know. I don't. All of game commission. That's one thing. I don't know how Iowa's is. But most, like, state agency, like, wildlife sites for getting tags and points and stuff, they all suck ass. Yeah. I don't know how Iowa's is, but... I guess as a non-resident, I don't know, but... Um, easy peasy as an Iowa resident. One more thing. I have one more question before we get to Austin's thing. I meant to ask this earlier when it applied. As Can you go on people's private property? Can you walk through private ground? Like, during it, like, for an investigative purpose? No, like, okay, just say example, I'm sitting in my tree stand on on my private ground that I own in Iowa. Can you just walk through it and check me? Yeah, you could. You could. But I don't. That's cool. But I don't. I think that gets brought, we talked about that maybe off the podcast of like. Well, you hear it all the time, like, oh, the DNR can come on your ground and steal your truck and all that. You know I mean? There's so many. Let's <laughs> steal your truck. Let's confiscate. Pick up your shirts. You know, that, that's the type of stuff where once you get into the what I call the court of public opinion, right. stuff gets so blown out of proportion. Right. Yeah. The actual facts. They always say you guys have that. more power than like a police officer. Like if, no, like, that's not true. That's not true. That's I, not true. Growing up, it's always like, oh, yeah. if you have meat in a freezer and can't prove a tag for it, like they'll take your house. That's why I've always well, heard. You know, <laughs> fundamentally, fundamentally, look at what the Constitution says. You know, search and seizure. You know, all those things, Yeah, they all still apply. There's not anything, an exception in the Constitution that says except a conservation there's not. There's not an asterisk <laughs> right. next to that that says the DNR can do this, so but this guy can't. we got to play by the same exact rules <laughs> right. as every other law enforcement For officer, sure. right. whether you're you know, a state patrol or a county deputy or a, a city officer. Yeah. Same rules apply. For sure. Okay. Cool. I just had to ask that because I feel like that's just something that always floats around. Oh, oh it always I, is. I, I've, had, uh, I've had other law enforcement officers that, you know, might work for a town. You know, or, you know, I might be talking to them on a, you know, in a parking lot somewhere, and they'll make the comment, oh, you guys got more power than us. No, that's not true. Mm, I think okay. where people get confused is there's a, there's a, a statute in Iowa Code that says – you know, if we know that you have Fisher game in your possession, you're required to show us that particular stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair. I had to ask it. Um, I'll, let's talk about oh, yours. I got one really good question before that. Do you think if Iowa went over the counter for non-residents, it'd be the death of Iowa hunting? I wish you wouldn't ask that question. Uh, would it be the death of hunting? Not the death, but like, do you think it'd be very bad? I'm going to answer that question by asking you a question. Okay. As opportunity increases, is there a direct, direct correlation between the decrease in quality? Mm-hmm. Do you believe that? Yeah. 
Would you, would you guys all agree with that? I think so. Maybe. That what one only it? kills it, dude. We stomp you guys out in big bucks every year. Yeah, because we're, we're over non- the counter. For non-residents, we're over the counter and a two-buck state. And we statistically yeah, because you can buy because oh, anyone can come buy a, a tag and shoot a buck, huh? But our quality is not lacking because our quality is not lacking. Statistically, we I, Illinois kills bigger bucks than Iowa every year because you have more hunters. Maybe, but our qual uh, but it would be it would basically it doesn't hurt the quality is what the, they're the saying because they're it, over the counter. If it hurt it, we'd be like you don't hear about Indiana except for the half buck. What do you think? It's a fun debate. That is a fun debate because when you yeah. look at quality between Illinois and Iowa, it's pretty equal, I would say. Mm-hmm. And we, we are a two-buck state with a non-resident over-the-counter tag where Iowa's not. So, yeah, we hold, we hold but both, there's, both a, there's a lot of factors that go into that. you got to look at the square mileage, you know, the actual acres per state, yeah, the actual acres per suitable habitat for that particular animal, mm-hmm. the amount of participants when those seasons occur compared to another state. So there's a lot of moving parts that can go in. It's an impossible question. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's a fun question. I'm glad you asked it. But it's the same. It's knocking on the same door the question of who's the best top five whitetail hunters of all time. Right. Well, Doug. We all have our own. <laughs> we all have our own. <laughs> Without question. Did Brandon say Who was it? Well, we all have our own, like, who we think is. It's just like who's the best rappers of all time. Dylon, Dylon, Dylon. Di- no. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> or basketball players. It's yeah. debated every day. Oh, every day. 100%. Yeah. It's a fun yep. debate, though. It's so fun. Yep. No debate. It's, that's Jordan. He's the GOAT. Let's just put that out there. He's okay. Good. From Illinois, I get it. Uh, let's talk about um, Austin letting deer rot. I'm known, <laughs> shoot him in the guts. <laughs> Damn. The coyote's finger I'm pelican. known as the coyote kid. <laughs> yeah, that... Uh, that's so uh, there's probably some people listening to this that don't know what we're talking about. Uh, last year, I shot a I shot a good buck. Uh, wasn't sure of where I hit a the monster, deer. You mean? Yeah, wasn't sure of where I hit the deer, so I let the deer go overnight. Uh, I didn't pursue the blood trail because I was afraid of getting skylined. I was afraid the deer was going to see me if he was still alive. So I left him overnight. We go in the next morning and find the deer. The coyotes totally decimated him. Um, the shot ended up being a good shot, but the deer was already gone. I mean, down to zero meat on him. So I caught a lot of flack online, uh, people saying I should have should have went in that night or I should have uh, not been smiling when I took the picture. I guess I shouldn't have been happy when I recovered my deer, um, whatever. A lot, people had a big problem with it, and uh, I thought it was kind of cool that you reached out. This is kind of when you reached out to me last year and kind of shared your opinion on the whole thing. It's yeah. how you guys kind of met, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just called him out of the blue. I I was seeing this go down, and I'm I'm sitting here looking at the situation, and I'm and in my opinion and in my assessment, I'm like, he did exactly what you should do, right? Because the number one goal you as a bow hunter is number number one, make a clean, efficient kill on the animal so it yeah. expires quickly. And the reason you do that is because you want to cover the animal, right? Right. So anything that you do to increase that probability of recovery is a right decision in my book. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got to wait, you wait, right? You can't control. The only thing you can control is yourself up until that arrow is released. Everything that happens after that, you can't control it at all. At all. You're at the mercy of mother nature, right? You can make good decisions based on experience on how you're uh, going to go about it. Yeah. And, which he did. Yep. 
And in my opinion, I think the number one reason people don't recover their animals is they go in too early. Too fast. Too fast, too early. Yep. Been there. See it all the time. I, I, I'm guilty of it myself. I've done it myself. Oh, we've all been there and done that. Yeah. You learn from those mistakes. I yeah. mean, that's why I waited as long as I did. You know, we've yep. been doing this for 20-some years. Yep. yep. So I'm seeing Austin get just roasted in the court of public. By other hunters. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I've been there. I've, you know, it's not a fun place to be. No. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, this guy did everything right. So I just, I found his number and I called him and I said, hey, man, introduce myself. And I said, I think you did it right. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know that. So this is how you guys know each other is yeah. over this buck. Oh, that's and awesome. I, I thought that was pretty cool. It's very cool. Yeah. And I think, honestly, most people, there's two two ways, maybe three ways. Most people who were talking shit and sharing that and what made that blow up, I think, uh, one, don't ever kill any deer and, and will never be in the experience to have the opportunity for that to even happen in the first place because they're mad and jealous that you can do it. And they're just piece of shit hunters, piles of shit as people, apparently. And then I think there's people who have had it happen to them but won't admit it and didn't have the yeah. balls to be honest about it. And then I think there's the other people that just want to hate to hate because we're WCB and you're Austin Chandler that kills good deer every year. Yep. You know, so. It's just an example of. The track one of guys the, the most mad society, about it. You know, it's just. For sure. You know, if a guy's doing it, I mean, uh, Waddell was on here a couple weeks ago and, the, and what he said was so spot on. Mm-hmm. And. You know, it's it's a good representation of, of what happened to Austin. Yeah, and it's crazy. I think we do need to bring this up again because you and Joe Rogan talked about They got on Joe Rogan's desk in like 12 hours. Yeah, a lot of people were seeing that. Mm-hmm. And you and Joe Rogan were messaging back and forth, and he did give you some praise. Yeah, he said you pretty much did everything right. You know, if you're a, if you're a bow hunter, you know, bad shots are going to happen. In this case, it wasn't a bad shot. It was just kind of a misinterpretation of the shot, but... But that's, if you play this game long enough, this I swear this is going to happen to you. If you bow hunt for twenty years, you're gonna you're gonna have a shot that happens where you don't see exactly where the arrow hit the animal, and then you're going to be faced with the decision on do I go in or do I wait. And hopefully, if you wait, you know Mother Nature is on your side. But sometimes it's not, and that's totally out of your control. But that's the fucking crazy thing to me is like, yes, Joe Rogan did message you, but if this was Joe Rogan posting this picture. It's going to be more accepted than you post this picture, and you have tenfold the experience bow hunting than Joe Rogan does. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it does play out that way. He probably would have got roasted. I think he get roasted. I think he gets roasted harder. I think what I think the biggest thing was the size of the deer. If this would have been a small deer or a doe, just go with a doe. Why should that matter? Yeah, nobody would have cared. But people see this big rack. And it just infuriated people. I mean, the, the picture was graphic, so it was graphic, but it was honest. Yep. But we were no just telling gut. the story the way it happened. There was we no weren't trying to hide anything. No. I just love the fact that people hated that you smiled. Yeah, they weren't. Well, they didn't like the fact that I was happy that like, I recovered what? my 190 yeah. inch deer that I yeah. made a great yeah. shot on. I mean, and that's man, what thing's crazy too because I didn't get one single flag about shooting a giraffe. Yeah, yeah. I you honestly, I mean? after what? having your situation, Austin, and we came home and because we we talked about posting the giraffe and how we were going to do it because of. Awesome we situation. had a long talk about how we we're going to post it. Well, it, going back even to uh, before we get to the giraffe thing, I want to touch this since it's like brought up again about uh, your buck scenario, which we did. What we did, we kind of like because it went nuts. So what we did is we reposted it, and I kind of blurred out the photo because apparently other hunters can't see rib meat right. or lack of rib meat. Ribs. Yeah, that's, what, that's what pissed me off though. And like but, I posted a video. Well, hold on, I, this is what I'm getting to, and I don't. We don't have to say names, but because you 
took a hard stand on our side. Of course, you were very vocal. A lot of other people, peers in our industry that we are cool with that I think thought they were going to take an edgy stance on it and say this to get attention. And Clint shut a couple of them down. But there was a lot of people that I considered friends when that happened that I'm like, nah. Oh, fuck you. Oh, after – yeah, yeah there's – I got a list of five or six. Uh, to me, it showed their lack of real hunting experience oh, when they're trying to pave yeah. a career in the industry. It's 100%. like, oh, you don't know anything about hunting. 100%. Right. Well, like, you haven't hunted long enough or have enough experience to yeah. comment on this. This yeah. is just your fool. What pissed me off was these five or six people that I don't need to name, but, I mean, they know who they are. Like, I don't even fucking look at now and – don't even say hi to me because I'll just tell you go fuck yourself. Well, you gave an aggressive opinion back to their aggressive oh, take, and 100%. they didn't like it, you know. And they got roasted by nine thousand people because of my comments. Because it was, I'm like, yeah. it was all you shouldn't have posted that. You shouldn't have posted that. You shouldn't have posted that. Why? Well, it also this annoyed me too. Real fucking hunting, like th- this happened. is what happened. It's just a scenario. Yeah, it's it ha- a scenario. Well, what I hated too is like, of course, everyone, every other podcast that talked about it was like, uh, tune in to 45 minutes, two seconds, and this is where they start talking about it. People I know that we've been on their show, that yep. we know them and talked to them, yep. talked to, about us mm-hmm. like they didn't know us. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it was just like, yeah, man, must be lack of experience. It's like, bro, I know you. Every trade show, you come up and try and talk to us. And here yep. you are. You could be like, dude, I know Kurt and Austin and the boys. And, you and know, they know Austin personally. Yeah, they Austin. know he's got the experience. Well, 20 years Austin's experience. a great dude. and he, He's killed a lot of deer and he knows what he did. He probably made the gut judgment call he thought was right. And yep. no, it was none of that. No. It was just trying to ridicule us yeah. so once that happened i was like i get it well and that's what that's what set me off and that's why i posted it's like a 59 minute video of me i mean i was fucking pissed 59 it, seconds or 59 seconds yeah 59 you minutes. Know, because Sheesh. it's like you're it's you know you're coming at a guy that is a seasoned veteran at bow hunting uh big buck killer and and puts deer at the top of the list on respect number one you know it's not just about killing but austin's a conservationist when it comes to whitetail hunting in general you're questioning character of what he did okay number one hey back out if you're not 100 percent certain that's that's rule number one if you're a bow hunter or a hunter rule number one on a shot if you don't fucking watch it drop you back out that's your best bet don't shit on the guy yeah so the second that you come at somebody and go oh you shouldn't have waited oh yeah Go fuck yourself. You don't even know what the hell you're, you're talking about. You're going against the golden, the golden, the golden rule. rule. Right. Oh, honey. Right. Yeah. And everybody right. knows it. But here, let me ask you this. And then it's, it's Sorry, the social Brandon, media. No, we're good. I know that you... You're good. You probably want to argue with us and go back and forth. And we, we No, I have no argument. We can say what we want. I know. I know. Not argue. I mean, get aggressive and get off the top. I didn't mean argue with us. But right. Um, I wonder, since people have said that over the next five years, the people that were hating... It's going to happen to one of those. Well, how many? Yeah, how many is. coyote losses do you think other people in the industry, or just people that have dogged on me in general, yep. have had? I mean, I, I don't want to say this to say I told you so, but it, it will happen to you. It will happen if you have coyotes in your area and you yep. shoot a deer and you have to leave it overnight. If you do that, it's there's a chance that which it's which is everywhere in the Midwest. And, and here's yeah. the thing: how many messages do we get on our social platforms every season of people who, oh, I bumped this deer and didn't find them? That's on them. It's the yeah. the, yep. the deer is that. getting That's eaten n- by coyotes. If it thing. died, it's getting eaten eaten by coyotes. Same thing. So what's the difference? Yep. It, <laughs> there is I, no difference. I get calls on this <laughs> in the fall where oh, yeah. guys will shoot their deer. Yep. They'll wait. They'll recover it. It's eaten by coyotes. They call me and say, mm-hmm. "My deer's been eaten by coyotes. Now what, what? What do I do? Right. Yeah. It Hang happens it. every day. And so fast. 
Yep. So fast. So fast. It, it is a very common right. occurrence it's, on the landscape. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, sorry to reef light the fire, but I think it's worth talking about. You know, it's That's a good conversation. Yeah. No, it is. You great. gotta have, yeah, it. especially with an officer. Mm-hmm. As far as like, what's yeah. the? Yeah. And dude, I felt so bad for Austin when this went down. I did too. I'm like, dude. I, that's guy, why I felt compelled. To yeah. reach out and just, uh, that's that's why I got you so know, pissed because I knew he felt bad already, and then you got jackasses that are like, oh, "You fucking shouldn't." Why would you post that? Well, number one, it's real. This is bow hunting. That's what I hate about social media. Well, imagine this from your take as an officer. All right, we would have lobbed the head off and then bleached it out, and then yeah. Austin smiling with a urine right. out, and people yeah, yeah. like that looks like, fishy. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. what happened there? Yeah, yeah then you got to tell the story. What's anyway. the story here? What'd you do? Well, it seems yeah. dishonest. I think that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it'd be like, yeah, what'd he do? Yep. Because most people, especially with what you do, the first thing they're going to be like is, where's the field field shots? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And then or they're going to roast video. you for not having field shots. Right. So, yeah. yeah. What happened sneaky. to that? Then you're sneaky. You're sneaky. Well, it's just yeah. like you did not take a photo of a 190. You know, I I smiled in him. You know, I, 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 <laughs> damn right you did. I would have too. I, I think the whole smile thing probably came back to. You know, there's a lot of people out there that they think perception is reality. And yeah. when you're standing there with your trophy class buck and you're smiling and it's been eaten by coyotes, I, people probably draw this perception that all he cares about is the antlers. Mm-hmm. What an SOB. You know, yeah. real yeah. hunters care more than just about the antlers. Yeah. And and I did. You know, basing that opinion off of a photo is wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because you don't you don't you don't know the facts, the totality of the circumstances yeah. to make that judgment call anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I promise you there's not a hunter out there that wants to walk up on their buck being no. eaten by coyotes. I mean, no. it's not a good no. feeling, but no. No. You're, Austin, just, you're just happy to recover that animal. Destroyed. Yes. I felt oh, bad. Yeah, Austin, was, Austin was losing sleep over it, man. Yeah, like, sure. He's For such sure. a nice guy that well, like, when all I the thought, comments were eating at him. Yeah. For oh, absolutely, I was I was feeling for you bad, man. Yeah. Especially, and then yeah. too, like now continue the giraffe story. We were like, well, we got to. I mean, we're going to post this, and when we're in Africa, not have the best internet or in and out of internet service, and we're going to come home and we're going to have emails from CNN and people knocking <laughs> on Eric's doors. We had our guard up when the giraffe went down. We're like, okay, we got roasted hard on my buck. How are we going to handle this thing? So we have, we were a little more cautious with the giraffe. And nobody said anything. Nothing. So boring. Also, but CNN would be like, you mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you dumb rednecks. They didn't. Nothing. Maybe next giraffe because he didn't have boobies which i was surprised that social media because that's what i got so mad about with his deal is the guys were like you shouldn't have posted that you shouldn't have it's bad for hunting it's fucking real i'm sorry but yeah. social media is bad for hunting want to know why because we paint this sugar-coated nice pretty picture what's bow hunting it's killing what's killing name me a name me a, a death in the hunting world that looks pretty Gun, bow, well, pistol, well, 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 rifle, well, name, it, name a death in the non-hunting world that's pretty. Well, I'm just saying, though, but like just talking about hunting, well, you, you shouldn't have showed that. Killing and hunting's not fucking pretty. Let's just be yeah. honest. It's not. That's a like, gray area, though. I get I get certain aspects of it. Like, I get certain aspects of that, but like, I don't want to dive back down on this hole, because we already talked ourselves out of the hole here. All right. But I think showing what happened and being transparent, right. honest, and, and, yeah, and, and not a great circumstance. That, that should be appreciated. Exactly. Not yeah. real. Ridicule. But yeah. I don't think, like, okay, my, my coos deer I shot. You know, Martin put the shot, shows it falling. Yeah. But there's also 25 seconds more of that buck trying to crawl through the bush. Right. I get and that. then before he full-blown expires right. that, yeah, maybe don't put the whole thing. I mean, I shot that 300 wind mag. The thing was damn near. Right. 
It was Ain't blown up. Moving. Yeah. You know, so. Which, did, I, which I get that. Yeah. Don't show the rest. It doesn't need to be shown for right. YouTube right. for some coexist bumper sticker anti-hunter to right. use in a PETA ad next week. Right. Like, there's certain things that, yeah, it's part of it. We all know it's part but of it. that but. hunt, though, doesn't. There's no teaching to that. Like, 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 there wasn't like a real point. Whereas, like that deal, hey, unfortunately, as a bow hunter, yeah, Mother Nature like, wins sometimes. Sometimes, bow hunter, gun hunter, you let a buck go overnight because of a shot. This could happen. Prepare yourself. That will happen sometimes. Yeah, if you, yeah, especially if you shoot deer. Yeah, but also be disciplined to know it could happen. But if I make the wrong decision and go in too early, oh, you'll worth. never know. Never know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So well, use it as like a tool. Like he's being transparent. Sure, it's gory. Sure, it's not the way you want to see it. Yeah. That's not what we hope to find. Like he said, do you want to walk up on a 190 eaten by coyotes? Fuck no. Like, what, what, Would it have changed if we would have put a big black block over it? And we're like, oh, look at this. I mean, I, some people would have said, well, that that's better for social media. Like, no, yeah, no. I don't think well, so. Well, that's nice. Yeah, that's, that's the, They would have continued to draw their own still, conclusions exactly. and, yeah. and fill in the blank what do you hide the narrative. What do you hide? Oh, yeah. yeah. What are you exactly. hiding? Yeah, yeah you're yeah. hiding a ball. So it's like it was a lose-lose for you. Yeah, there's no way to win in that situation. And here's what, here's what sucks. It's a, it's a lose-lose. Yeah. But Austin doing that. I mean, you got to show some vulnerability there. You, 100%. you got to take responsibility. Me, you got to own it. Me no personally, question. Yep. no question. What I'm happened. posting it like I'm fucking posting it, and I'm standing behind it. Hands down, that's on my page. That's what happened. That is what took place. That's real. That's hunting. You don't like it? Don't fucking follow me. Don't yeah. hunt because it will happen to everybody in this we, room. We did repost it because it was a, it was strong. Yeah. It was a strong. I, I mean, it's a, it's a good life it. lesson that no see, matter yeah, what happens. I'll be honest. I I, I, I thought it should have been left. No, oh, yeah. no matter what happens, you got to base your decision making off the facts. Yep. Right. Period. Yep. His biggest buck to date, too. I mean. Yep. Yeah, I was really hoping we'd be on CNN though with that giraffe. <laughs> Actually, I'm just kidding. I didn't. Ho- I didn't hope that we were going to be like. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I thought that was going to break the internet. We were ready for it. Like we were like, man, what's going to happen here? We well, bought we, we, clip on ties. We bought everything. I got my yeah. throat tattooed for it. We, uh, <laughs> like, I was prepared. That's one way to prepare. If it, when you talked to Tim Wells, we saw him at Illinois Deer and Beer. <laughs> that was the funniest shit and ever. Eric goes, Tim, I shot a giraffe, and we're getting ready to post it on social media. And he goes, oh, you're fucked. After that, I love Tim I, Wells. I know. I, I'll never forget. We're sitting at the booth, and he just puts his hand down and looks at me and goes, you're so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, he's like, you shot it? He's like, yep. He shot him the booth. He's like, you're so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> he just knows. Yeah, he knows it better than anybody. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he, he makes himself. No, he don't give a shit. I, I don't want to say he makes himself controversial, but like it's kind of the Tim Wells vibe. Yeah. 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 He, he, he doesn't, doesn't give care. a shit. He's posting no. the real shit. He's yeah. spearing shit. And no, people but then he, he, he straight up said that. He goes, after he said, you're so fucked, he goes, no, just be honest about it. Post it. And he goes, you'll be fine. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah, literally what happened. Yep. yep. Well, Brandon, what else do you want to talk about? Boy, we kind of bullshitted on this and we went all over the place. Oh man, it, fun. you know, uh, I'm good with whatever you guys, whatever path you want to take. That's fun. Uh, well, What's the biggest buck you've seen poached? <laughs> biggest Ooh. buck I've like, uh, like that you have to deal with. Confiscated. 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 Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Four hundred and ten inches. <laughs> huh? Eleven drop know. times. Where? <laughs> I can think of some big ones, but some of them I don't know, even know the scores of. Like that's yeah. how big. Like, if you had to guess, what would you? I mean, like two fifty? No, I've never. I've never. Two fifty? I've never dealt with two fifty. <laughs> over two hundred? Uh, Has to be over two hundred, right? 
I'm trying to think. Boone County? I don't think I've ever seized a 200 out of Boone County or had. Damn. You know, I've had some just 60s good. and 70s to deal with. But, you know, here's what sounds crazy is that I don't like dealing with those. Mm-mm. Because the accusations come in of, well, you just want to take the rack from the guy because it's a big deer. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I hear that a lot. You know, like you just want it for your own house, right? And <laughs> it's not like man, you're. It's, when you confiscate, could, it's could, not could, like he's taking it home. Yeah, I could, right. I could yeah. care whether yeah. it's a whether yeah. it's a button buck, right, or a booner yeah. or a doe. It sucks. It, if you harvested it illegally, yeah. we're going to have a conversation. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, I've done search warrants on guys before who have illegally shot a doe. It takes a lot of work to do that. You know, it's not something that happens overnight. Mm-hmm. You do your research. You, you know, you put your time yeah. in. It's not fun for you to do it's, it. No, it's not fun. Search warrants are not fun. They are probably the most intrusive thing that the government can do to an individual citizen. I mean, you basically are letting yourself into somebody's home to investigate a crime, to gather evidence and things mm-hmm. of that nature. And they're not safe. No. Right? You're yeah. you're not no. going into you're going into a situation that could be yeah. a powder keg for all you know. You don't yeah. know. Yeah. Right? But they're an important tool that we use. And it's we just don't focus on the big deer. You know, we focus on everything. Well, and it's not like if you seize Austin like Austin poached a one eighty, you're the guy that gets to go take it. It's not like you're fucking taking it home for your own personal no. good. Yeah, he's, no, going, like, he's taking but, it and hanging on his wall. But, right, but, right. but there is people that think that. Oh, well, 100%. Well, yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. there is people that Which not only think that, crazy. but believe that. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. Know? That if you confiscate it, you get to like keep it like a prize. No. Like, on my no. wall. Well, well, the, right. the, the, that's the last thing I want. You know, yeah. If, yeah. if I want a deer in my house, I want to harvest it myself. Yeah. to hold the spotlight. I'll shoot the rifle. Yeah. I'm going to kill well, it. it. I know that after this episode's over, like this is your introduction to the WCB like listener base. There's going to be some legit questions that people really want to know about. Maybe that's something we can compile and then send to you, and then you can come back with like the answers, and we can go through it. Yeah, we can, that yeah, way. Yeah, we can do something. You know, I'm happy they can call me direct. You know, I'm happy to give out my phone number. And, don't do it on the show. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Make them look you up. <laughs> you don't want to put your number on the show. Okay. You'll get a it's lot of probably calls. public record, but yeah, it is. I mean, my my cell phone number is posted in every let them find it on their own. We have, or I could, if you want to put in the episode description, we can do that. But just yeah, that's fine. I just for the sake of yep, you yeah, that's fine. Getting lit up, we'll just <laughs> prank calls. That's it. It goes with the territory. We've seen the power of putting out phone numbers on the show. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, but that was a different. That's a different situation. Right, it can get scary. You know, you know. One thing I want to touch on, guys, is uh, just from the outside looking in. Is I, I just want to, you know, let you guys know that what you're doing here is real. It's authentic, and you have no idea how much you're helping people out there in terms of a, just the skills of the hunting world, mm-hmm. the guests that you guys have on, the depth that you get in with stuff. You really are legitimately helping people out there and making them better hunters better people and letting them make better decision-making for their life. And, you know, I think that gets overlooked pretty easy. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to make sure you guys understand, you know, from my perspective that uh, there's people out there that really do appreciate the time that you put in on this because it, it's a great tool for people. Mm -hmm. It's not just entertainment. Yeah, it's great. It's great to get in the truck and uh, on a Sunday afternoon, checking pheasant hunters and listening to a podcast, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people, 
don't just go there for the entertainment factor. They go for the education factor too. And that's there. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it, man. Well, thank you so much. We mix both. I mean, appreciate that. We talked about that on a CC hump files coming up. It's like, uh, well, it already aired by the time this launches, but we like the tips and tactics, but we also really just like having fun. Yeah. And so we always, I think we always want to have fun. Yep. And sometimes we get carried away with our fun, and then it leans on just being more fun entertainment value than it does educational value. But I think that's important because it, it can't it's be always this. there. The education always comes back with it, too. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it just flows naturally. Yeah. Yep. Well, we try. And there's one thing about every episode. It's like not every episode we do is going to be a banger, and we don't expect it to because mm-hmm. we do so many. And they're like we didn't run over a, a script with you. That we are going to do on the show. No, this is 100% off the cuff. It's what we do. Scared me to death. <laughs> <laughs> Did it really? No. Well, not bad, right? Well, you just never know, you know. Right. You know, I've been, on, I've been on shows and some guy might pop a question on and you're just sitting there going, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and you never want to be that guy. Right. You know. Well, a lot of, one thing we do, like if someone's in a bag, quit talking about it. Like, you're ruining the real conversation for the podcast. Like. Or people be like, I want to tell you my hunt story. I'm like, well, if you're coming to a podcast, don't tell me it. Right. Like, I want to hear it here. Authentic. I don't want to rehear it and then be like, whoa, whoa. then what? You, you know? did what? Because then it's not <laughs> sick. It's not real. And I'm not going to ask the same question. that anyways. Naturally. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to. 100%. Yeah. So it's, it seems rude. <laughs> it's like, I know you had a really good hunt. If you're really going to do a podcast, I don't don't tell me your story. It's like kind of you want the authentic reaction. Yeah, yeah. If we're going to do a podcast, if you don't want to do one, let's just tell me the story. Yeah, but if you want to come into a podcast, let's hear it here first. You know, right? So I don't know. It's the way we try to do it. Maybe that's shitty (laughs) to our friends. No, it's not. You know, when I got here, you know, uh, it was just us hanging out, right? Mm I didn't know what the process was or whether you did show prep or, hey, we're going to go over this, that, you know, whatever. And I quickly caught on that, yeah, we're not going to do any. <laughs> yeah. You're nope. a PowerPoint? No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about this. And, and I quickly and realized that you're doing that on purpose so you get the authenticity for your audience in the conversation that you're having. Yeah. You yeah. know, and a lot of times standard procedure was if someone's never been on, um, your situation's a little different. Um because you can't obviously you can't drink. You're like you're working right now, and we're not going to be like, hey, do I can chug beers on the clock with us. <laughs> do I mean, it, chug a beer. We wouldn't tell you no, but we were also not going to be like, hey, you know. Uh, but the great thing about the studio is we have a bedroom here, so when guests come in, especially from out of town, it's like stay here. We have our own. We call it the green room. It's the bar area. It's a green room. It's an entertainment room. But a lot of times, if someone's nervous, like I was like, dude, we don't have to jump right in there. Like let's just hang out yeah, here and like yeah, have a beer or two and. Go get some food. Talk out here. Go get some food at the depot across the road and come back. We'll have a beer. And then once we're ready I mean, to it's go. just like a phone conversation. Like, Kurt usually talks to all the people. He kind of knows them. But, like, when we jump on a phone conversation, like, Doug and I, we never met the person before. So, like, the green room helps because we can kind of meet each other and bullshit a little bit. It's so much nicer. Yeah. It sounds so good. You call it the green room. <sighs> the green room. We've made it. We you guys are doing room. stuff here. We're doing stuff. <laughs> we, we think we are. Green room's cool, but not as cool as a red room. But it's a red room. The neon out there makes it a red room. I guess. Red light? Well, dude, it, it, it has been great having you in. Oh, it's great. I've enjoyed it. Um, Thanks for doing it. I think, yeah, man. I appreciate it. This is a good introduction to our platform for, for with our audience to you and you to our audience. And then I imagine what we'll do, we'll probably reach out to Patreon. Maybe this summer have you back in. We'll have a more structured, like, at, maybe we could do a live one or something. Oh. That might be putting you on the spot. <laughs> 
Ask Ho- the all-knowing uh, I'm, I'm conservation for, officer. I'll, I'll I'll hopefully, three straight days after that. I'll hopefully, so Eric, Eric and I are off your watch list now. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, I already told him what county I you live know, in. He's gonna call the officer. And be like, watch out for this I, guy. I walked in and I immediately thought that stash is up to something. So <laughs> he always is. <laughs> smells like poaching. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> smells like poaching. <laughs> You know? No, we appreciate you coming on because there's not a lot of officers that will do this. Sit down and talk with us, man. Oh no, hey man, I I appreciate what you guys do, um, and you know I hope people understand that I'm just like you guys. Yeah, I just do a specific job, mm-hmm. and hey, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. Yeah. We all we all got to treat each other well. Yeah, and sometimes you know my job requires me to step in and do a little redirection and play referee once in a while. Yeah, you know I I got one question I want to close on. Yeah. And we don't have to end it right after this question, but I got one. It's a, it's a I have bit. a question I want to end on, but we don't have to end it. Well, I mean, like, okay, thanks, and then end it. How many mountain lions is the Iowa DNR letting loose? Zero. <laughs> you answered that pretty fast. What are you, a cop? <laughs> no, but you got to tell us if you are. Yeah, he, go, he goes, no, I'm above a cop. Click. <laughs> Click. Yeah. But uh, they are on the landscape. You know, I yeah. get I get a question frequently. That people will say, how many mount, or are there mountain lions in Iowa? And I say yes, and I say no. And they look at me kind of puzzled. And they're like, what do you mean by that? There are when we let them loose. No. Oh, trick question, you bastard. Trick no. <laughs> and, and what I mean by that is typically they're highly transient, right? Mm-hmm. Typically, for the most part, they don't stay in, a, in one area. Right. Yeah. Um, they cover a lot of ground. At any given time, especially when they get out of their natural habitats from out west and they get into these open uh, open prairies, yeah. quote, air quote, systems, and uh, they're, they're looking for suitable habitat. And if you look at some of these interesting studies where you've had uh, radio collared cats that have come out of the west and how far they've traveled, uh, it's just astounding mm-hmm. the amount of country that mm-hmm. they can actually cover. So when I say yes and yes and no to that question, I really mean that because – Say someone legitimately saw one in central Iowa, you give that thing a month, it could be in another state. Uh, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. You know what I mean? So, so you give it five days. That's yeah. crazy. Yep. Well, so what I gathered from that answer was that when Illinois DNR lets them go, they swim the river into Iowa, and then you guys happen to see them from time to you time. You know. No, they jump barges. Yeah, that's yeah, what they do. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say. <laughs> you guys got beef with Illinois I, DNR? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to say yeah, because Iowa is just so fantastic. <laughs> what a great answer. Hey, well, hey. Hi, and, and in. We got an app. In the, yeah, we have an app. Yeah, we got an app. And a cool card. And a cool card. I want plastic cards and an app. <laughs> yeah. You guys win. You guys are still calling deer and like peasants. Here's the thing. I will give you guys credit. And I know it got weird when I was doing my whole like. Illinois has got bigger bucks, but all our big bucks swim the river from Iowa and then get shot over here, or they barge hop. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, they got they jump on the corn barges because that's that's mobile baiting on the river. Mobile baiting. <laughs> mobile baiting. <laughs> Look mobile it up. Baiting. Look it up. Look, Look into it. But you know that's, that's so they come from Ohio, went down a river system. Well, well, yeah, now, but the water is yeah. the, the water is state owned, so it's okay on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you say that you know you say that tongue in cheek, but it, that happens. Oh yeah, you know? I'm sure it does. You know. It's interesting some, you know, what deer do, and, and I don't think we have a very good understanding, you know. You look well, the at, islands in the Mississippi, guys kill deer on the yeah, islands. And yeah, stuff, giants. You, know? you, you, uh, you know, there was a Minnesota's uh, been doing a CWD study in uh, southwest Minnesota for a while, and they've uh, radio collared some, some uh, adult does in those areas. And it's interesting how you just have 
they're all over the gamut where you have particular does that won't leave a 40 acre timber. Then you have other does that, uh, might make it 80 miles into Iowa. It's so nuts. It's so crazy. The runaways. So crazy to think. I'm out of this small town. It's not out of the realm. Like in Wyoming, those mule deer migrate. They travel. I mean, how far are mule deer in Wyoming travel? Trey was telling me. Oh, thousands of miles. Thousands of miles. Yeah, then they're in another state. But yeah, I mean, like it's crazy. Yep. Like Trey's got a buck where he shot it. The shed was found. Well, because they do go to the winter range. It's like 84 miles from where he killed it to where the shed was found. And dude, that's not even far. When he, I know that's. I mean, they. Uh, we were reading it on the podcast one time. Yeah, there's something a, like over a thousand miles. There's a doe that went from Jackson Hole to, or not Jackson Hole. Oh no, it went from Rock Springs to up by Jackson Hole. It's a drive. Well, that's like that bear that came through Iowa. That everyone was like, "Sure, oh, yeah. where here's the hell is he thing. going? What's he doing?" And no, no one had any idea. He's doing bear. Here, here's an interesting. Where's one. that bear at? Uh, a muskie. Uh, a muskie was tagged in the uh, Iowa Great Lakes, up in uh, Dickinson County, northwest Iowa. It made its way from West Okoboji down through the lake system, got into a small tributary, got into the Little Sioux River, into the Big Sioux River, into the Missouri River, and made it up to uh, what's the first major reservoir dam in South Dakota? What? Oh, I know where you're at. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know what it's called. Hundreds of river miles that fish traveled. (laughs) For what reason? That's what I don't get. That's why I don't get like... Yep. Like if this deer or this bear went, it, it, it's just it's just, just a great a example fish. of how fascinating Mother Nature so gypsy, can be. And how it just a gypsy thing. fish. I'm out. It's, Peace. <laughs> it's cool, man. It's it's fascinating. Animals are amazing. They are. Yeah, they're yep, they incredible. Are. That yep. that fish had a piercing, and they're like they kicked him out of the herd, so he he pieced out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I had to ask the, the mountain lion question jokingly because that's like the flying rumor every year. It happens year. all the you know. There's a there's you know kind of a joke <laughs> around the state that we have these black helicopters. That I seen will, that will fly only at night, and then we'll, we'll drop off. We'll drop off mountain lions, and in particular, high density deer areas, as a way to control. <laughs> I uh, seen it. Uh, now, now, just just my tinfoil hat. Think on. about it. Just just think about the logistics of that. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's f- impossible. Yeah, you just do it by a truck. At that point, it just be easy. <laughs> just say, right? Let's be honest. I got to just kick them out of the cattle trailer. It, it would make a lot more sense just to use a cattle trailer. Yeah. They're, they're a dime a dozen. We it's know so what's true. happening here. It's, it's so way true. cheaper than fucking renting a helicopter, you idiot. Right. Right. You're going to ask a question, you see a cattle trailer right. in a back road. Yeah. It's just crazy what what so actually goes around, you know, in terms of what yeah. a, gov- a government agency That's is capable in, of. In, in Ohio, too, because, like, so, like, we have bobcats. But we'll get, you know, a mountain lion every now and again, and and it'll come from a surrounding state, mm-hmm. you know, but they're here and gone, you yep. know, same thing with bears. Like I've had bears on my home farm for two days and then never to be seen again on trail cam and then, pew, and it was just a bear moving through. Like that's all it was. Yeah. Just and, there and, and done. Yeah. And like, we'll have a lion come through from, you know, whether it was Kentucky or West Virginia, where the hell at? Do mountain lions live natively in that area? Like. It, it's, in, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a transition thing. Like, there's not a ton of them. But you could have, you know. But it's not uh, weird to see one. Well, I mean, in Ohio, it's it's pretty rare. But the second that that's on a, you know, like, you'll get someone that has a trail cam picture of one. Immediately it's, oh, the Division of Wildlife wants to get rid of the deer and they planted it here. And I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> here's all right. The, like, all right. This conversation just goes round How many mountain lion yeah, calls do you get? It's just a house cat. Oh, it's just a majority house. of them are. That's yeah. a whole yeah. other fat cat. But he's got a long tail. <laughs> yep. You see it? Dude, it's... I get texts from people that send me truck infos. I'm like, that's a coyote, man. 
Stop oh it. yeah, yeah. Stop it. Yeah. But look at his tail. Yeah. Yep. Okay. But, uh, uh, yeah, he's got one. Every yeah, once in a while, one. you get a legit one. Oh, you know, true. We, we, you yeah, know, up yeah. and down the Des Moines River Valley through my area over the past uh, two falls, we've had 100% confirmed trail cam pictures. Dude, they're in lines. South Dakota. South yeah. Dakota touches Iowa, you know? Yeah, there was one that was killed just, uh, uh, you know, about 30 miles north, or not 30 miles to, from the counties I'm assigned mm-hmm. to. Webster County, Iowa is the yep. next one north. And, uh, there was one kill there this this yeah. uh, can fall. someone shoot one in Iowa yeah yeah there's 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 no seasons or regulations or like so they can be shot yeah they're not a protected yeah. animal in Iowa badass there you go people shoot them yeah. up you see like in Ohio you put one you can't but we have states me. around us that they touch so it's like <laughs> it's not a it's not some crazy like a hundred eighty pounder thing. maybe yep. Okay, let's stop talking about the mountain lion thing. Right. Squash. You started. <laughs> you started. You started. This is your fucking fault. I'm just saying, God, I regret if this. you could play in a 200-pounder next to me, it'd save me some money. <laughs> Instead of going out west and shooting one. Yeah. 200-pound cougar? Yeah. <laughs> Doug's probably... <laughs> stop. Hey. Stop. Hey. stop. Huh? What's the biggest body you ever bodied? <laughs> Drink if it's over 200. I'm out of beer. Change the bar, Hey, 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 hey. Easy. hey, hey, hey. We should end the podcast. Well, thank you so much, man. This has been a blast. Yeah, thank I appreciate you. it. I appreciate the opportunity to come talk to you guys. I'm sorry that we're rowdy. Oh, heck. This, this is normal. This is normal. <laughs> Not for most hunting podcasts, I don't think. Maybe it no. is nowadays, but. No. But that, that's why people enjoy it. It's just. It's real. You get, yeah, it's yeah. what it is, yep. yeah. Where can people find you without giving out your phone number or contact you if they want to buy land where you're at? Uh, well, if you want to buy land uh, where I'm at, I'm licensed in the state of Iowa. And uh, go to peoplescompany.com. I got a profile on there. Uh, right there at peoplescompany.com, you'll be able to see everything that our brokerage has to offer because we're, uh, we're a sole for full, full service brokerage that does land management. Uh uh, energy appraisals, you know, no land investment. There's a whole gamut of things that uh, that brokerage can offer. It's a great company, uh, award-winning company. You know, we're nationally recognized for a lot of the things that we do. Very cool. Not only in Iowa, but th- in the uh, I think we're licensed in 30 states throughout the United oh, States. Oh, damn! Right now. Awesome, awesome yeah. man. Cool, cool, cool. Yep. So peoplescompany.com, and then uh, if you need any references for Iowa DNR, go to iowadnr.gov and. You know, uh, you know, my contact information will be on there. You know, hunting regulations, any questions you might have. Typically, you can find those on the websites. But uh, if not, our officers' numbers are posted in all of our regulation books. And cool. We try to design it so we have a direct line to people out in the public. And, mm-hmm. yeah, we're Sign cool. up for the newsletter. It's Very awesome. Cool. Yeah. My opinion. Well, cool, man. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. And uh, whoever let you come out here to do this, that's awesome of them as well. Shout you know, out to I am too. Shout out to I them. am too. Yep. Yep. It, uh, grab that, Eric. The loose. No. This one? Other, yeah, oh. just hand that to Doug. Yeah, there you go. Um, I just didn't want it. It's in our way of our clips. But, um, yeah, man, we really appreciate it and yeah. you doing it. We've asked people in the past, and I think just, nah, I don't know about you guys. Not not that they like were unsure about us, but they just didn't know what we did and what our platform was at the time. You so. know, I wasn't concerned about it at all. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like I said before, you guys are, are doing it. You're doing it how you want to, and people appreciate that. Yeah. You know, and if you would drop an F-bomb once in a while, you know what? That's reality. Because That's ev- how most people talk. Because everybody does. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that anyway. But uh, you guys got anything to add before we cut out of here? No, thanks, man. Thanks, yeah, for, thanks for coming. Fun, thanks man. for making the drive, man. I appreciate fun. it. Thank you, guys. Yeah. And, and, and thanks keep, for what you do, too. Keep doing what you guys do, too, because you are – 
ambassadors for bow hunting and you know you guys in the show every day and i hope i don't steal your thunder here but you, you end your show with a simple phrase go shoot your bow and that's a powerful statement mm-hmm. because there's so many things that can go with that and and you guys know as well as i do is as an archer you got to be ready mm-hmm. you got to right. be prepared and shooting your bow is it's just so much fun it's fun yeah, it's the best way to get prepared yep. it is a beautiful thing it is well, everybody, thanks for tuning in, watching, listening, supporting us in any way. Uh, don't forget, tip, turn in poachers. It's a very valuable thing. Keep that yep. in mind this season. Uh, we got to do our best to shut that down. That's stealing a resource from all of us. Um, but thanks for tuning in. Hope you learned something. Sorry for us getting out of hand. It's what happens <laughs> when we're all in here. And Clint Casper's in studio. You Love know that. what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you. Peace. Peace.